0: Welcome to a special episode of that one show. We are not discussing music today. I have my friend and I guess cousin-in-law, Jordan Puget, with me. And he uh, and I uh, have a shared love and fondness for Batman. And he hit me up probably a month or so ago about, hey, if you're ever going to talk about Batman on your podcast, let me know. I'd love to come on. And We're going to do that today. what we're going to do is kind of convoluted a little bit, so we'll try to lay out what we're going to do in a minute, but pretty much we're going to be discussing all 10 live action Batman films. No animated series, no direct, you know, animated movies. Uh, There's one or two animated movies that got on the big screen, but we're not talking a lot about Lego Batman or anything like that. It has to be live action, but first, I'm going to let Jordan introduce himself. We'll talk, you know in general about our love for batman while we're drawn to the character and then we'll actually get into talking about the movies how are you today jordan i'm doing great thanks for
1: having me i've been i've been looking forward to this for a while the the closer that it got to when we were actually going to start recording the more and more excited i got so yeah thanks for having me for sure
0: i appreciate it not only you know you uh i went back and re-watched several of these films uh we kind of talked a little off air about how surprised we were on how Maybe our feelings had changed, good or you know, to the good or bad for a few of them. But we'll get into that. But you and I are about exactly ten years apart in age, give or take. So you know, the I was pretty much your age when you know the '89 universe started, as you were later on when uh, the later Batman and Robin and Batman Forever came out. And did you? what was your introduction to batman was it a movie or was it a comic book or a tv show
1: oh gosh that's a that's a great question See, I, I was born in late 87 i was actually thinking about this the other day if there was a time to be a batman fan it was probably in that time period in the mid 80s to the early 90s because you had the two frank miller comic books come out the dark knight rises uh, year one which really breathed new life into the character and then you had the, uh, the Batman 89 film. And, um, you know, obviously I wasn't old enough to remember just the attention and the media surrounding that movie, but, you know, I've seen things just, that was a huge movie. Like when it came out, like it was huge in pop culture, um, tickets were sold out all over the, all over the country for that movie. Um, and then of course in 92, you had Batman returns and the animated series. But I think the first, Uh, my first introduction to the character would probably been in that 92 year. Um, I feel like Batman Returns is one of like the first movies I watched in theaters, which, and we'll talk about this later on, but I don't know if that was the most appropriate movie for a kid to watch in theater because that opening was a little dark, but um, that is really like, I think my first introduction, like I I was growing up, like I was huge into uh, the Ninja Turtles, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then, as that their popularity kind of you know waned a little bit in the early nineties, it transition from Batman, and once I got to that, I was like totally all
0: in. Yeah, uh, I actually, well, you know, I was nine when Batman '89 came out, but I was familiar with the character because I really kind of learned to read by reading comics. Yeah, uh, we literally had one store here in town that sold them, and they may have had like four or five at a time at, at the time, but I, and, but one of them was Batman. He being you know one of the more popular characters. And, you know, I went from there as I got older, I started reading a lot of other comics, DC, Marvel combined, but I don't think I've ever wavered from the fact that Batman has always been my particular favorite superhero. Uh, And the reason why is he has the most to lose to Mm -hmm. me. He has no superpowers whatsoever outside of, you know, his brains his you know, his athleticism and his money. But when he goes into a fight, unlike almost all the other ones outside of maybe Iron Man, he can he can very easily die. Yeah, uh, and I love you know and 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 they don't pull punches in a lot of these movies and in the comics. He he goes through a lot physically. He gets he gets beat up, and he's you know obviously the one of the richest men in the world, Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, and he don't have to do what he does at all.
1: I think too um, one of the things that really allows him to be this popular character is he's someone who like you said he has no superpowers he has no like special abilities or anything like that and he, he's faced obviously this traumatic experience in his life you know he lost his parents when he was very young and he uses that to kind of fuel this identity that he takes on and that really helps him deal with trauma and i think a lot of people look at that and they see some things in their life that you know they, they've had to overcome some adversity they've had to face And they find, like, a a similar experience there.
0: And it, uh, you know, I think it really speaks to a lot of people. Absolutely. And uh, we will take a brief break, and then we'll come back and explain exactly what we're doing today as far as the Batman movies go, and then we'll actually get into talking about each of those movies individually. (laughs) all right so jordan and i talked briefly about what movies we were going to include we considered including a, a couple of the animated movies but we decided not to because there were even 10 live action movies so that will allow us to build a list 10 through one and it's going to be a collaborative list i'm not uh we each have our own list but we're going to take turns building this list for example jordan is going to rank 10 Well, he thinks is the worst of the ten, and then I'll go nine, he go eight all the way to number one. Now, there's one catch, he and I, we don't have to use this, but we have one veto in our pocket, meaning that, say, I think that uh, the Batman, the the most newest one in the series, should be high on the list, and he comes out of the gate and ranks it like nine, I can veto it, and he has to pick something different. And then, obviously, that uh, particular film goes back into the pile, so to speak, to be picked at any other time. We only have one of those each, though. And I kind of stole the core of this idea from a podcast called Screen Drafts, but I tweaked it a little. But I very much want to give them credit. Uh, They usually, if they do a, you know, a 10-movie series, they'll have three or four different people taking turns. But for this case, we just have two. And I want to be clear, in chronological order, here are the movies that are eligible. You have Batman, 1966, and then A long drought all the way to 1989's Batman. Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and The Batman. Now, we did leave out uh, Justice League because it's uh, technically not a Batman movie. Uh, He obviously is in it, but his name's not in the title, and it's technically... Not really his film. So, Jordan, without further ado, uh, what do you think is the 10th best or the worst live action Batman film of all time? If there's
1: going to be one film on this list that we would probably agree with for sure as to its place, I think this will probably be it. Um, number 10, I have Batman and Robin. And I know you made the Facebook post and Our mutual friend Dustin Allen said this was his number one. So, hopefully, if he's listening, this is not when he turns off the podcast. I
0: I thought he was joking, but he was serious. (laughs)
1: Well, you think because you never hear that. You never (laughs) hear someone say, this is my favorite Batman film. But, um, you know, like you talked about earlier, you and I are mutual Batman fans. So, anytime we see anything regarding Batman, whether we're reading something, watching something, whatever, we can usually find something positive in that. Right, like even if it's on, you know, to this high to the highest quality. This movie, it was very hard for me to find anything positive about it. You you and I were talking, like whenever whenever this movie came out, I was around ten years old. And so as a ten year old, like this movie was awesome. Right. I mean, him breaking down through the ceiling, sliding down the dinosaur as Mr. Freeze is freezing it, uh, him and Robin jumping out of that rocket that's going up in the air and then gliding down the doors. Um as a ten-year-old, this this movie is really cool, and then you watch it again as you get older, and you start paying more attention to the dialogue and just how over the top and ridiculous this movie is. Like I, I rewatched it, and it, it it was it's the only movie that I would say is just inherently bad. Like that's that's me just me being completely honest in my opinion of it. Um, as I was watching it, like the opening scene of it when they're suiting up, I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then you get the shot of, like, the bat nipples, which, you know, <laughs> is famous. And then not only that, but, like, one of the one of the scenes is them putting on the pants, and it's like a butt shot. And I'm like, D- do they know that George Clooney is like a chick magnet during this time? They're trying to draw in female you know, female audiences? I don't know. And then, you know, you have the score play in the background, the Batmobile's coming up, and the very first piece of dialogue, to me, sets the stage for the movie. And it's Crystal Donald's Robin. The first dialogue of the movie, he says, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And to me, from down on out, that kind of sets the stage for how this movie is going to go. I will say this, though. After he says that, George Clooney's Batman or Bruce Wayne, whatever, he says, this is why Superman works alone. So I'm starting to think, I'm wondering, is this like the first ever idea of like a shared universe? Because Superman is obviously around in this universe. I, I thought that was interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just there, there's
0: a lot of things with it that I just, I just have issues with. What do you think about it? Yeah, I don't like this movie at all. Uh, I was around 17 when it came out. I, I was, I think, a junior in high school. And I was so excited for it because up until this point, there'd really never been a bad Batman film. Uh, they'd been some okay ones and some great ones and some good ones. And the, when the cast was announced, I was really excited because, you know, uh, George Clooney was one of the biggest stars on the planet that you touched on at the time. And I'd always been a huge Schwarzenegger fan. Mm-hmm. And outside of the first Terminator, he'd never really played a villain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was excited that he was going to be playing, you know, Mr. Freeze. Uh, but they just wasted everything they had. Yeah. man. And it's the script. It's the direction. I understand that they're trying to be a little campy, mm-hmm. Uh, Take it away so much so from, you know, the, you know, Tim Burton's, too, that we'll touch on later and not be so dark, maybe appeal to, like you said, females and maybe younger kids. Uh, This actually is the lowest rated Batman film on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 12% which is still probably too high. Now, didn't, didn't
1: George Clooney get, like, permanently banned from like, a Comic-Con, too?
0: Like, is that... Have you heard of heard yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But he's apologized, and the director, Joe Schumacher, has apologized uh, to Batman fans. See, and,
1: when I look at this movie, I really don't feel like he is, like, a huge problem of it myself, personally. Uh,
0: I, I, I didn't I, have anything to work with. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. It's like the, the whole... Everything else surrounding it is what I think I have issues with. No,
0: and I... I looked up this movie and kind of the production of it uh, and made a couple notes. And believe it or not, when the, the studio got a, like a rough cut of it, mm-hmm. they were in love with it so much so that they went ahead and greenlit lit a sequel. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, it had a big opening weekend, but I think it still holds the record for the biggest drop percentage wise from a movie between weekend <laughs> one and two. So obviously word of mouth was not good and the sequel never came to be but the um I kind of maybe wish it had of for one reason the scarecrow was going to be the main villain oh, wow. and it was and Nicolas Cage was going to play him huh and I and Nicolas Cage can play crazy yeah so I kind of would have liked to saw him do scarecrow
1: so do you think you with the way Schumacher you know is known for doing things with the Batman films do you think how do you think that scarecrow would have but it wouldn't have yeah it would have been something
0: crazy Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I mean, it really would have yeah. <laughs> I mean the some of the lines that orange and orange is not the best actor in the world, but some of the lines and I understand that you know they were trying to be goofy and pun you yeah. know and punny, but it was it's this
1: bad man the 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 back credit card. Whenever yeah. him and Robin are bidding on Poison Ivy at that, like, social event, and he pulls out that back credit card, and he says, I never leave home without it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But there's one more thing that I uh, that I found. I found an interview with uh, Kevin Feige, Feige oh, yeah. Yeah. that obviously has, you know, ran the MCU for the last decade plus. And in that interview, he said that this movie is the most important superhero film ever made. Really? And I asked him to clarify that, and he said it was so bad. That it had the studios, be it whether they were doing DC or Marvel, to take a step back and realize that in the future, they needed to actually care about, and his exact quote was, uh, treat the source material with respect. Okay. So he was on record basically of saying without this movie, the MCU may not be what it is today.
1: So... It was the next superhero movie that would have came out after this, well, that would have been that, that X-Men film?
0: Yes, and he actually went on to talk about that. He okay. said that he don't think that the first X-Men film would have ever been made. Yeah, and then you get told The War way it was. The and then he film. mentioned okay. Spider-Man specifically Makes as well. Sense. Yeah. And he said that that kind of laid the foundation for, you know, what we have, you know, over the last 15 years. Right. Of Not just Batman, but, you know, the DCU and the MCU. Yeah. So maybe we have this movie to thank for all the great films that we will start talking about later. <laughs> yeah, I mean it
1: could be a blessing in disguise too. And I mean, you know, just some other notes I've written down about it. I, I did think it was cool that Robin's costume—you're starting to see like his transition to Nightwing because, like, you you had the Nightwing symbol on on uh, on his, on his uh, costume. Um, I, I just thought it was hilarious. Like whenever they're chasing Freeze. Um, after they jump out of the rock it's such like a 90s thing to me that that whole scene just gliding down the air and then he freezes robin because robin is a little bit too aggressive and he goes after him and then batman has to put him in this thing of water and he pulls this laser out and heats up the water (laughs) to unfreeze him. and my my first thought was you've had this on you the whole time like you literally could drop down in the museum turn that on Told, told Robin to duck, do a 360 and the movie would have been over. Yeah. And it was sad to save a lot of trouble. Um, Bane was really like it's – if you never would have if, – if you don't have any prior knowledge of Bane, you would have you thought, well, of course, that's how this you know big, muscular guy is. He has no strategic impulses whatsoever, which is really like a big contrast as to how he's actually portrayed in a lot of different iterations. Like He's a very tactical guy. He's smart. And you saw that a lot in um, in The Dark Knight Rises with Tom Hardy's version, um, Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy. Um, I mean, not a whole lot of positive things you can say about that either. Then we get Batgirl, and it just it just felt like it was just a lot of things shoved into this movie and done it a way that was not. Um, it, it did not do any of these characters justice, in my opinion.
0: No, uh, and. I really don't blame the actors per se. Yeah, we I don't touched hate on me. that script. I mean, you can't. You can only do so much with a really bad script. And this, the crazy thing is, is you know, this this was pretty much a who's who of actors that they cast in this. Yeah. time. I mean, I mean Uma just, Thurman was coming out of Pulp a fiction of in a run names. like that. Yeah, yeah. Alicia Silverstone, uh, Clueless, and, mm-hmm. and some other movies. George Clooney was a huge star. Uh Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of the one of still the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah. And they were just all wasted. And they didn't even need the Bane character in there at all. No, Uh, uh, no. And it didn't make no sense on how they used him
1: either. So I wonder if he would have got his fifth film where we would have seen like the Bat family expanded. Chris O'Donnell or his version of Dick Grayson, he becomes Nightwing. Then you might get like a, I don't know, maybe like a Tim Drake or Jason Todd in there. That's interesting to think about. But, yeah, it's – not a whole lot of positive yeah. things we can say about it. No,
0: I think we've pretty much spent enough time on it already. Yeah. So uh, we'll just go ahead and move on to the next one. And I will take a brief break and be right back with that one. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. i want like you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. All right, so I hate to pile on Joel Schumacher, but I mean, Batman Forever is what I'm putting at number nine, and it's not nearly as bad as Batman and Robin, but it's still, you know, compared to the other eight films on this list, it's probably the weakest of, you know, the the ones that's remaining, in my opinion. Uh, Chris O'Donnell, obviously, you know, we just talked about him as Robin, Uh, and then you had... Val Kilmer is Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face slash Harvey Dent. And Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Um, I liked this movie okay when it came out. It's not one that I re nearly as often as some of these others. Uh, it's not horrible. It's just okay, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, Jim Carrey's alright as a Riddler, but... Uh, I've never been a huge Jim Carrey fan <laughs> uh, like some some other people. I think he's okay, but he kind of – he can grate on my nerves after a little while. Uh, it was not nearly as silly, you know, as the sequel. Uh, Tom, uh, Tommy Lee Jones does okay as Two-Face. I did, I hated the makeup on him, though. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to make him look like a cartoon, and they just didn't do too good a job at it. And, you know, spoil, we're going to be obviously spoiling – you know, all, a lot of these. But, I mean, this movie came out, you know, 20-some years ago. So, if you've not seen it by now, I don't know what to tell you. But the way Two-Face dies in this, he literally just trips over his own feet and just falls, falls <laughs> to his own death. Because I think, <laughs> I think, like, Batman throws some coins at him or something. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nicole Kidman, you know, they bring her in. And she was just totally wasted, I thought. Try to, you know, to be the love interest of, of Bruce Wayne in this film. And, uh, I, you know, I, I rewatched watched most all of these outside of a couple that I was I had already watched, you know, recently. And I probably hadn't s- sit down and watched this in about 10 years. And I liked it when it came out. I thought it was okay now, probably a little less so. Uh, and I think I was like 14 when this one came out. And I thought it was pretty cool. But, yeah, it's not aged well at all, I don't think. It's very, very 90s and, and not in a yeah. good way. Yeah. What, what do you think about Batman Forever?
1: Well, I actually feel a little bit more positive about it. Not enough to use a veto. Like uh, on my list, um, if I were to rank the four movies, I guess we call the 89 universe, Batman 89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman Robin, I would probably rank this second, to be honest, after rewatching it. I agree with a lot of points you made. Um, it's a very 90s film, and it, it's interesting because where I have – I was rewatching a lot of these movies to watch Batman returns and then to watch this movie in close proximity to each other, even though they take place in the same universe, Gotham feels like a totally different place. And of course, obviously that's, you know, the visions of Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher clashing, clashing, Um, But I, I do like it better than returns. Um, again, just going through some of the notes I have here. I think the suit up, suit up scene is cool. I think Val Kilmer does a pretty good job as a Bruce Wayne and a Batman. Like I do uh, like his take on it. And it's kind of the similar situation we were talking about with, uh, with George Clooney. It's just he wasn't in the best situation, I think, to shine. Um, I do think that this movie done a good job of showing how good of a detective Batman is. Something you really haven't seen a lot in Batman films with the exception of like the newest one. Uh, you mentioned Jim Carrey. I was a Jim Carrey fan in, in the '90s. Like I liked both Ace Ventura movies. I liked Liar Liar, and and to me, this was like if, if Jim Carrey was trying to play the Ace Ventura character as the Riddler. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: actually really good.
1: That that's really what it was like to me, and and because of that, I thought it was funny. And, and to and to be honest, I I think both Two Face and the Riddler were like jokerized versions of those characters. They were more silly. They were, they were, they were trying to be funny. They had a lot of these scenes together where you had all these different puns. And obviously I don't think these characters really faithful to like their, you know, typical adaptations, but I enjoyed it because I thought it was a little bit, a lot hard and it made me laugh again. Like, I don't think they're uh, they were faithful at all to the original um, iterations, but, you know, I, I found some enjoyment out of them. Um, again, thought, you know, Batman, he, it was a good detective story for him with you know with the Riddlers. And you kind of are, anytime you have like a Riddler story, you're always going to have that factor into it because that's what the Riddler does. He's trying to smart Batman. Um, Dick Grayson, like I like Chris O'Donnell as an actor. I, I just thought he was too old. I mean, this guy... But how how old was he in the movie? Was he like was he supposed to be a teenager? Was he I sp-
0: think so, but I think he was almost thirty and about real to say he looks
1: like he's like at least in his like early to mid twenties. Yeah. And I'm like, why why do you need <laughs> why do you need someone to watch over you if you're uh, that old? But um I thought it was funny. There's like a Nightwing name drop whenever he's trying to come up with his persona. He's like, What do they call me? Batboy boy not wing. I thought that was funny.
0: They, yeah, I mean, we mentioned that just a while ago too. They teased Nightwing, yeah, and, but they never really they went there with their, it. Yeah, um, but like
1: you said, there's a lot of things that are still ridiculous about it. Um, that scene where uh, Jim Carrey, uh, his his version of Edward Nick McKeels, his boss, whenever he is uh he has that, I don't know what that contraption was called. I think they called like the box or something. Yeah, on, on, in, in the movie. And, uh, and that whole, I will say that whole plot line just did not make any sense whatsoever. The fact that he is installing all these things on TVs to make it 3D, yet somehow he's getting brain power from them. I mean, you were talking about Two-Face's death, which was ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the whole thing that happened with him was, like, ridiculous as well. Like, the ending is really just weird. Because first of all, you have, uh, you have Dick Grayson Robin who has never, the only thing we've ever seen him drive is the Batmobile in that one scene, and then a motorcycle, and then Batman just turns over the, I guess, the Batboat to him and lets him just go off and fight, which, I mean, this is a superhero movie, so you have to, you know, be understanding, but um, and then the whole the, the scene of the Batwing I thought was cool. We, we really didn't see that a whole lot in uh, Batman Returns, but yeah like i feel a little bit more positive about it but still there, there's a lot of things that could have been improved
0: upon yeah and i'll add one one other thing before we move on uh i don't know if you remember but you know obviously when a batman movie comes out there's a lot of merchandise that gets released and mm-hmm. mcdonald's had some of the coolest so uh glasses for I this, had, I and had, i still have them
1: <laughs> i had I, I had all four yeah and one of them broke yeah I, well, my parents, they're at my parents now, but they have, they have three of them. I forget which one. It was either the Robin or the Batman one that broke. Yeah. But yeah, they had um, the Riddler. It was like his cane was coming up. That was the handle. And the Two-Face one, it's like it's flipping a coin and that coin yes. his pathway becomes the handle for that one. But yeah, those were, if you look on eBay, those actually do go
0: for a little bit. I I've, blew like, I've because, yeah. of, because I'm, I'm missing one as well. I'm missing the Riddler. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not willing to pay what people are asking for, <laughs> not yet at least.
1: Especially when it when it's, you know, something to do with this movie. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: And you mentioned that one, one last thing I'll add, you know, I thought Val Kemmerer was fine in this, and I really yeah. don't understand why they got rid of him after one film yeah. and decided to Chris, keep Chris O'Donnell. So
1: what did he, was it Val Kemmerer that decided to, to not come back or was it someone pushing him
0: out? Like, do we know that? I don't know. I don't either. I mean, from what I've read, it quote-unquote, his decision, but I think he made it – I think it was mutual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he was okay. He's probably my favorite part of the film on the rewatch. He,
1: he looked – to me, he he looks more like a Bruce Wayne than what Ma- Michael Keaton did. Yeah, Like, now, I like Michael Keaton's version of the character, but, it, you know, if you were staying these two guys up side by side, both in and out of the suit, I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably the one who – as far as just an aesthetic purpose, looking more like he would be an accurate portrayal of the character.
0: All right. So let's move on to number eight, Jordan. I think it's your turn to select one. Uh, We've been pretty uh, much in agreement so far.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go with number eight being Batman, the 1966 film. All righty. If on my list, this is actually number nine. And the reason why I rank this one above Batman and Robin is Batman and Robin, I don't think, like, it came off as campy, but I don't think they are really aiming for it to be as ridiculous as it turned out to be. Batman 66, they knew exactly where they were doing. They were all in. It came out at a different time whenever Batman was thought to be not this dark, brooding character that he is today. And... Um, you know this was this has probably been the Batman m- movie that I have watched the least. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Batman 66, the show is iconic. Um, it, it to me, it brought like a new fan base to the character. Um, maybe pushed him more into like mainstream as far as pop culture go- goes. Uh, the theme song is always going to be iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, but just Watching the movie, it, it's really hard to kind of put your yourself in the mindset that, okay, I'm in the 60s here. Like, we're, we're a good ways removed from even the 89 universe, 89 movie. Uh, the, the suits, the they just they look totally ridiculous. They do. I mean, it looks like both of them have pajamas on. And i always watching this movie, I always cracked up whenever they, they would slide down like the poles, and he would flip that lever. That was like an instant costume change. And they would come down, and both Batman and Robin would be in like their new retire. And one thing I've always hated for, like, the, the Robin costume is the trunks instead of the pants. I just think that looks so terrible, just to be completely upfront about it. Um, but this movie, I mean, again, I rank this higher than Batman and Robin in my personal list because. different time that they were trying to be campy. I mean, this, the puns in in the movie that, that opening scene when, where they're trying to go after like that, that uh, the the submarine or the yacht, that's the yacht. And then the yacht disappears and Batman's on that rope. And the, which here's another thing. They go to that, they go to that, to an airport to get the bat helicopter. (laughs) It's not in the bat cave. They have to go to an airport because that's where it's housed. And then he's on the ladder, and they dip. Batman dips down to the ocean, and then the the shark latches onto him. (laughs) And that shark looks so terrible. And but that ends up being a clue because I think his exact words were, "And that shark was pulling my leg," and so that leads to this revelation that oh, well, the Joker's involved because he's playing a joke. Um, another thing that I thought was really weird about the movie is every other Batman movie we're going to talk about, most of the movie, especially the Batman scenes, take place at nighttime. In this movie, everything's out in the daylight. Like, Batman Robin's out running around Gotham City in the broad daylight. Like, you never really see that at all. And it just, it kind of, it shocked me because, again, it's not just something I'm used to. Um, The press conference where they're they're talking to, like, the news people about the missing yacht was funny. Um, You have a Miss Kitka Catwoman's, like, Russian identity. Like, as soon as I saw her, like, if even if I never watched this movie before, and I saw this Russian woman come into this press conference, because of the time that we're in and because how a lot of movies used to be, I I instantly would have knew the
0: Russian woman was going to be a bad guy of some sort. So, so, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I had just, I had this at number six, but I'm fine with it at eight. It's so silly. But unlike Batman and Robin, it's hundred percent, you know what what Batman was at that time. Right. The show itself that this is based on silly. Uh, you mentioned that shark, and but you left out the funniest part was he literally just sprayed it with some shark <laughs> repellent. Yeah, shark repellent. Yeah, like <laughs> such a thing exists, and it just let go of him. Uh, I will say that my favorite. I rewatched this one as well. I hadn't. I'd probably seen it maybe once or twice, but it'd been many, many years. I I, re- I actually like Burgess Meredith as a penguin in this. Mm-hmm. I thought he was okay. Cesar Romero was okay, but – for whatever reason, he hadn't even shaved his mustache. Yeah, that's what I
1: was going to bring up. The- and they
0: just caked some makeup on it, but you could just, you know what? You could see You it. could see it, and sometimes he, he had sweated off a little of the makeup, and then that big mustache was the shine I was going to ask
1: you, like, did that bother you? It, yeah, like, it bothered me. At first, I'm like, okay, I'll get used to it. You know, I'll get sensitized yeah. to it, and it won't, it won't bother me, but, <laughs> or desensitized to it. But then, like, I just kept noticing it, and it got to the point where every time there was a close-up on, on him, it, it's one of those things where you try not to think about it, but you can't help but notice it every time.
0: Yeah, and I think the silliest part, I mean, in any other movie, the silliest part would be a shark just hanging off of a dude's leg. <laughs> but you have a dolphin that, for whatever reason, is smart enough to sacrifice <laughs> itself there towards the end of the film. If it would have been for that noble pork, poor what This whole thing is silly, but you, but I got to thinking, you know, last night, and and you brought this up, you know, this is a product of its time. It's in the heart of the '60s, Mm. so anybody that and you you're a history teacher, yeah. But I mean, in the '60s, I'm venturing to say that a lot of people that saw this saw it with with you know enhanced on something, Be it marijuana or LSD, (laughs) I've never watched it like that, but I would I would venture to say it probably makes it better. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) a hundred and ten (laughs) percent. Yeah.
1: Um. Now that you were talking about funny things, there was a—I can't remember if it was the wh- where the line was in the movie, but something happens there on the water. And of course, Robin has you know the, his sayings, and he says, "Holy Long John Silver, Batman!" <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like so, just it. There's this notion that Batman's always prepared for everything. Right? Like even today, like he has all these gadgets. And like this movie, I felt like maybe was the beginning of that because for every situation they're in. He has the exact device, and it's so, like, campy, but it's so hilarious at the same time. I watch it with the subtitles, and uh, he says, I need batteries. And the way the batteries is spelled in the subtitle is literally bat hyphen and then terries is how it's portrayed in the subtitles. Yep. Um, And then um, (laughs) do you remember when he called the Navy? When Commissioner Gordon oh, yeah. called the Navy, and yeah. he says, "Have you ever sold any war sur- surplus submarines lately?" Yeah, nuclear ones. Yeah, nuclear ones. Yeah. And, and and he goes, "Well, let me check." Yeah. <laughs>
0: so he he's got a list yeah, right he's, there. he and, and, he's and like, he don't even know who he's talking to. No. <laughs> and he's like, "Just gives top secret information to him." <laughs>
1: and then he says, "Why well, yesterday we sold one to a guy by the name of P. N.
0: Gwen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh well, that's 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 penguin. Uh, but
0: number one, the Navy's just selling yeah. n- nuclear weapons. No, no big deal. You can return them if you want. To uh, do, if you to just like random it. people, yeah. and also just telling that to a complete stranger on yeah. the phone a without use, any kind of warrant. It's like a used car lot. It's n- national secrets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then, um, uh, and then
1: Batman falling in love with Miss Kitcup, and then he, <laughs> he, that, that, the, the fight scenes in this movie, and like you said it's in the 60s a different time but man they're there you, you go from like we'll we'll, we'll take the newest batman film, the batman like the fight scenes in that movie compared to this one it is so hilarious and like him just this the choreography and everything is it, so funny funny to watch yeah you got anything else you want to add to batman 66 uh Climbing the rope, I always love whenever they climb, the, how slow they're going. The bomb scene was hilarious. That's something we haven't talked about because that's kind of, I think, one of the more famous scenes from yes. this movie. Whenever he was running around, and that bomb takes forever to go off. <laughs> and, then, and everywhere he goes, there's like a nun. There's some nuns walking. There's um, uh, He tries to throw it over in the water one time, and this boat comes with the, the, this, this couple kissing. He tries to throw it over the dock, and one there's like the ducks there. And then he says, Sundays you just can't get rid of the bomb. And then it's just, I, I, I mean, and then like another thing too, I was looking through my notes here, the scene where they're fighting on the submarine and Batman's, you know, Robin's, you know, they're punching villains or whatever. And Catwoman's thing on top of the submarine and she just throws the cat at Batman. Like, like, what are you trying to do? Like, what was the purpose of that? There's just a lot of things watching it now. It's, you have to appreciate it for the time that it came, came out in, but, man, it's uh, it, 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 it's an enjoyable watch if you go into it with the right mindset, I think.
0: Yes. Uh, all right. So I think we're at number seven. Yeah. And uh, I will rank the film I had at number eight for seventh on my personal list, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Now, let me say, there's a lot I like about this film. And if it wasn't for two things, it would be a lot higher on my list. And I'll get those out of the way uh, from the get go. Lex Luthor is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... that is my least favorite portrayal of any villain in any superhero film. Mm-hmm. I was always, uh, Lex Luthor was one of, if not my favorite villains, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, in the comics. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is totally miscast. Mm-hmm. He's playing him just so bizarrely as basically like a little whiny. When Wimpy you, brat. When you think of Lex Luthor,
1: you think of like this older guy who's really intelligent. Yeah, like you said, he comes across as like an immature child. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. This probably, I would say. What do you think? Would you say that's the worst part of the movie? I would probably say he's probably the worst. It's part uh, of he's
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I I I hated him. I hated the whole thing. And I, when they're fighting, it's it's so silly that all of a sudden they're about to, you know, pretty much. You know, Batman's got Superman on the ropes, and oh, they got their moms had the same name, and obviously they just become best friends because of that. <laughs> After all that, they all's forgiven because both of them has a mom named Martha. I just thought that was just 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 so cheesy and out of place in that movie, mm-hmm. but I like a lot about it. Uh, I thought Wonder Woman. I don't. I think you know, even though she's been in a couple other films, even a couple Wonder Woman standalone films. That's the that's the bet my favorite portrayal of you know, all of Gal Gadot's performances as Wonder Woman is in this film. Um she was great in this movie and then
1: I thought the Snyder Cut, the Justice League, yes. she was really good in too. Yeah, yeah she's she's a strong part of the movie. Yeah. Uh I
0: r re- I wasn't wild over Lois Lane in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they'd been uh better versions of Lois Lane. Uh I really, really like Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in all the movies that he's Batman in, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, he's in it again. You know, Justice League and Justice League Snyder cut. It's gonna be in the Flash movie that's coming out too. Yeah, and I guess Michael Keaton. Yeah, uh, who we'll get to a little later. Uh, you know, I've always been a pretty, you know, I know Zach Snyder. You, uh, it seems like people's either thinks he's the best thing ever, or the worst thing ever. I'm kind of solid in the middle. I've he's made some movies I really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know. This one, uh, I thought his cut of Justice League, even though it was 100 hours long, <laughs> was good. Uh, I think it came on HBO Max right as a pandemic hit or right yeah. before.
2: Yeah.
0: And I watched it all in one day because it didn't have nothing else to do. enjoyed it. I really like this one. Uh, you know, obviously, he did The Watchman before this, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. 300
1: um, was another one of these. Yes. His.
0: But I just can't get past Lex Luthor in this as the main villain, man. I, and I don't know, man uh what do you what, what are your thoughts on batman versus superman so
1: before i talk about it, i had to preface this by saying that i'm probably what you would call a batman versus superman apologist like if on my personal list i had this at four and here's why the problems with it i agree with you totally on i think lex Luthor was easily the weakest part of the movie doomsday was also really bad but here's where here's why i like this movie so much the opening of the movie um, we we see the 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 famous scene of Batman's parents you know getting shot and when I first watched it I'm like here we go again how many times have we seen this but I think that factors into the movie later on I'll get to it in a second I think once we get past that I think it's really interesting how Snyder portrays uh, the alternate viewpoint of the the fight between Superman and Zod in Metropolis and I like that. The, how you have this white screen and this black text that comes up that says the world is introduced to the Superman. And to me, that just it's like, wow, like this for some reason that made me think or made me feel like this is a big deal. Because if you think about it, if this really did happen, it would be the biggest day in world history. Because now we have confirmation that there is life outside of us of, of, of Earth and it's hostile life that could totally destroy us easily if they wanted to. But um Further on to the opening, I really like the scene where, you know, Bruce lands in the helicopter and he's running throughout the city. And then there's a scene where the building falls down, the smoke, the debris, and everybody is running away from it. And Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne is literally, he does have a suit on, yep. no gear, he's literally running into that's the,
0: That may be my favorite scene in the whole yeah, film, to be honest uh, with you. To
1: me, that is like a perfect capture of the Bruce Wayne character. And like you were talking about Ben Affleck, um, I know whenever he was announced, there was a which it seems like whether it be Keaton, Christian Bell, Ben Affleck, or even Robert Pattinson, anytime someone's announced as Batman, there's always like a little uh can they really like is this gonna be a good portrayal of the character? I think he nails it. Like even with Pattinson, like if you were to line all the actors up and say, Okay, pick out the one that looks most like Bruce Wayne, I would probably choose Ben Affleck. Like whenever he is in shape, he's
0: built. Like, I think he is a great portrayal of of the character. Yeah. And I I mean, I agree with that. And I got no, you know, uh, I would have, I would say that, yeah, I I wish we could have got a little bit more of Affleck as Mm -hmm. Batman than what we did, to be honest. I wish we could have got a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie. Just just 100%, you know, Batman film. Yeah. And, i really really love his bat suit i know some people yes. don't particularly like I, it I love but it. i yeah. it's it may be one of my you know favorites in the whole you know of all that we're going to talk about today and also uh i love the you know the shot of right before they start fighting when superman's just kind of hovering mm-hmm. i thought that was so cool but they kind of gave that away in the trailer but it yeah but for good reason yeah because that that's that's just that's a good hook and, you know, Affleck played Daredevil probably about 10, 12 years before this. Oh, yeah. And but, the less said about that, the better. But <laughs> I will say there's no doubt he probably learned from that.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and was, you know, when that probably helped him, you know, do a lot better job as Batman than maybe he necessarily would have. And Yeah. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I loved him as Bruce Wayne. Like you said, that shot when, you know, pretty much all hell's breaking loose and everybody's running away he's literally got a suit and tie on yeah, and he just gets out of his car and runs towards the, the chaos. Yeah.
1: I'm a, and I know a lot of people, whenever they talk about uh, being an athletic surgeon, like the, they'll often give him the nickname murder man instead of Batman because he kills so much. And I'm someone who I think Batman's no kill role is dumb sometimes to be honest, but I can understand how, you know, they might've took it to, to the extreme. Um, I do like the, I, I love the scene whenever, uh he first meets like superman as batman and uh superman rips the doors off the batmobile and he sends up when they're eye to eye oh yeah and he says tell me do you bleed and superman flies away and he says you will oh yeah i love the fact that he, he is standing in the face of this thing that could easily kill him and he's defiant. like yeah. i'm really like to be honest i really don't like stories whenever you pit Batman and Superman against each other, I'm fine with them having some tension and, and Batman not trusting him fully. But I, I've read and, and watched a lot of different um, stories between them where there's really nobody Batman respects, respects most than Clark Kent. Like, he, he thinks Superman. And, and you see that in the later Snyder movies. Like, his, like his main mission is reviving Superman yes. because he realizes we need him. Like, he, he is the beacon of light that humanity needs. And but um, in, in spite of that, like I still like kind of the way they went about it because there was a lot of callback to the Dark Knight Returns comic book, which, you know, is very popular. Um, I, I like you. I love the bat suit in, in this movie. Um, it's the first time that we've seen a live action bat suit that's not like all black. Mm-hmm. Or I'm um, sure so that has some gray in it besides Adam West's version, but I don't know if we can really count that.
0: I had blue too, purple it, one. <laughs> Yeah. So
1: l- let's talk about the Martha line a little bit because I'm like you, when I first saw that, I'm like, yeah, like that doesn't make sense. But but then I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know, he- here's a man, his whole existence for being, this character is the fact that his parents were were murdered and after that he swore he swore war on crime so here batman is and he is about to kill superman like he has him at his mercy um and superman says please save martha my mother if you think about it you know batman's whole existence for doing this is the fact that his mother of the same name was killed and he has this traumatic experience with it. You know, obviously, it still is affecting him. I feel like that probably would maybe stir something in him that might make him hesitate a little bit. Um, another thing we haven't talked about. I really liked, um, gosh, what's his name that played Alfred?
0: Uh, uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy
1: Irons. Really liked him as Alfred. Yes. I, I, I liked I liked his take on Alfred a lot. I liked the relationship between uh, Batman and Alfred a lot. And I like the fact that you got to see, you know, the Batwing. um, You got to see, I I, I like the Batmobile in this movie. I know it, you know, he he kills everybody. You had that big scene at the dock with it. I will say, too, that I think this movie probably had the best Batman live action fight scene I have ever seen in the warehouse. Whenever um, you had that paramilitary unit with the K, I think that's the KGB, right? I think that's yeah, Yeah. And they're, uh, and they're wait for him. To come in, and he comes up through the floor, and he just starts wrecking havoc. I mean, he 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 destroys literally everybody, and I, I think that is like how Batman is supposed to fight. There's that scene where he, the grappling hook attaches to that wooden box, and he slings that wooden box, and it hits that guy, and he hits against the wall, and he slides down, and then he, uh, I think the guy has like a knife in him, stuck in him, and he, you know, digs into, into him even more. I think that's the best live action fight scene um, that I've seen in the Batman movie. I think the ending really does fall apart. I hated doomsday. If it wasn't Lex Luthor, that was the worst part of the movie. It would have been,
0: um, it would have been doomsday. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, And like I said, you know, I like this more than I dislike it. Uh, Had, Lex Luthor not been in it at all or been, you know, a different actor and a different take on the character. There's no doubt this probably would have been in my top five. Uh, I think it gets really a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know on Rotten Tomatoes it's only 29%. I think it's oh, definitely be higher. Than- all right, folks. So we're talking about Batman today, and I happen to have... Two free weekend passes to Lexton Comic Con to give away. And it is courtesy of those fine folks at Lexton Comic Con. And all this past week leading up to the recording of this episode, on my Facebook page, I've had people commenting on their favorite Batman movie. And anybody that's done that, we've put their name in the hat. We're going to draw two names out, and each person will win one. Weekend pass, good for Saturday and Sunday, two days at Lexington Comic Con. This is an $80 value, and I have my daughter Natalie here with me as an impartial judge. I've cut up all the names. We've got a bunch, several dozen here, and a Chicago Cubs hat. We're shaking that sucker up right now, and she's pulling out name number one, and she'll read it and see who the winner is. Winner one is? Waylon Roberts. Waylon Roberts. Winner number two. Guy Molinari. Guy Molinari. Guy, you have won a free weekend pass to Lexington Comic and Toy Con, taking place March 23rd through the 26th. Whalen Roberts, you have one, one, two. I will be contacting y'all because I need to get a little information from you in order to have that ticket waiting for you at Wheel Call. If you did not win, you can buy a ticket at LexingtonComicCon.com. Once again, the winners are Whalen Roberts and Guy Mullanary. Thanks, Nat, for helping us draw those names. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything that you want to add to uh about Batman versus Superman or do you want to move on? Um,
1: uh, I'm looking over to see if I missed anything. I think I hit everything again. Gal, Gal Gadot, Godot, Gal she done a fantastic job as Wonder Woman. I um I, I, I another thing I just want to touch on real quick, I do think that all these characters with the, the Trinity, they all look like they would be they they all look like they would be the characters they're portraying. Mm-hmm. Like they all look like, you know, Bruce Wayne, Clark Kemp. Um, Diana Wonder Woman. I, I, I think I think they're the reason why I feel um, a little bit more positive about this movie than others.
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So let's move on. And this will be, it's your turn next. And this will be six. And after that, after this, we'll take a quick break and then get into the top five. So what do you have for number six, Jordan? Okay. This movie, after re watching
1: it, I was actually surprised about how low I ranked it. And that was Batman Returns. Um, my personal list—I actually had this at eight. And like I said, this was one the first time I was, I was really introduced to the character. But after rewatching it, I just feel like this movie is not the best. Um, I think the opening is really dark. I mean, this family of these wealthy upper, you know, Gotham elite elitist couple. They had this kid, they had this child that's disfigured. He, he's feral, he's crazy, and they dump him in the river because they don't want him, and then he ends up growing up and becoming the leader of this Red Triangle gang. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen this clip. I think it's hilarious. Apparently, when this movie came out, there was like a lot of attention surrounding this movie about how dark it was and how kids shouldn't see it. And I think it was Oprah Winfrey had these kids on her show, and she was interviewing them. And one of these kids was like, yeah, I just, I don't, you know, I watched it. You know, I'm, I'm a child. I don't think other kids should watch it. And she goes, well, how many times did you watch it in theaters? Twice. <laughs> 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 like, well, you must not have thought it was too bad if you went back the second time. But um, there are definitely some positive things about the movie. I, I think the opening, once Batman gets into uh, the town there, I think is great. I, I do think it's funny that he has, like, the, the bat signal goes up. I, and I love that shot of Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne just in his house, the lights off, just brooding. You know, that's such like a Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne thing to me. And um, he, um, the bat signal goes up, and then I guess he has, like, these sensors, these other little lights that whenever the signal goes up, it shines the signal to the house. I always wondered if anybody would, like, notice that. Like, hey, why do you have these lights up on your house that has the bat signal on them? But – you know it is what it is. Uh, the the scene where he rides into town with in, in the Batmobile and he starts taking out the the Red Triangle game is great. Like I think that's a very strong part of the movie, and I, I like the part too. I know you know the thing is Batman doesn't kill, but he he comes upon I don't know what this guy is trying. To, he he's a guy with a torch and he blows the torch at the Batmobile, and the Batmobile sends up on that steel I guess it is and turns around. And he just engulfs that guy with his exhaust where that Batmobile, he just falls into the store. I think that's hilarious. Um, but um, just it, it, it's, it's, it's fine. Like it, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's horrible. I think there's a, a lot of good things in it. That's just some opening thoughts on it. What do you, what do you think? How do you feel? Yeah.
0: About well, it? we talked a little bit off air. Uh, I would, you know, for the longest time, I I love this film and, had I not rewatched it and just my ma- and and just made this list straight up, it probably would have been like them three or maybe even two for me. But I had it at five. Mm. So it dropped about three positions. And my biggest problem with it overall is Batman's not really in it a whole no, lot, all that. things considered. Yeah. Uh and I so I mean and I you know, I just I don't understand that decision. I don't know if there were behind the scenes things with Keaton and they just couldn't, you know, You know, he didn't have a lot of days that he was available to shoot or what, but, I mean. He got tired of not being able to turn his head. Probably. (laughs) Like you said, the red, you know, the the red triangle game I wasn't wild about. I thought. Michelle Pfeiffer's okay as Cat, cat Woman. I re- how do
1: you think about her becoming Catwoman? I did.
0: That's stupid. Like when she falls and it's the cats that, start biting that, her, and That whatnot. makes
1: no sense to me. I mean, what
0: did they, they give her a virus or something? I, turn, I guess turn her so. cat.
1: And, and then she, she, and the, why does she come in and just destroy her home? Because yeah. you know she's gonna have to go back to that. That's where she's staying. Yeah. And like another thing sense. too, we're talking about how things are so nineties. Looking at her our apartment, like it just screams nineties. Like yeah. the way, like the neon lights and
0: everything. Some of the things she has in there. Yeah. But, and uh, Danny DeVito was okay as a penguin. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't bad, but he really wasn't that great either. Yeah. Uh, I thought his makeup was pretty good. Yeah. I will say that, uh, you know, Jordan and I both are from Kentucky. That's where we're recording this today. There used to be a, uh, a amusement park, a theme park here called Kentucky Kingdom. Yes, I know what you're saying. And for a while, it was owned by Six Flags, who was actually owned by Warner Brothers. So they obviously have the rights to this. And they had a coolest water slide, man, mm-hmm. which it was, I think it was penguin thing, but it was literally, you would get in this giant air tube and basically just go through Gotham city. Yeah. And I remember the first time I went after six flags had renovated it, made that, I, I don't, I can't, I think I wrote that like 10 times on mm-hmm. one day. Cause I was like, like 13, 14 and it was just, it was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a Batman fan, just to be able to keep going through Gotham. And trying to find the other other little Easter eggs and stuff that they had in there from the movies and everything like that. Did you ever ride
1: that? I did. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I remember I went back and um, you know I rode a. You know, we we used to go a lot whenever we were younger, and uh, um, I remember I went back. It there was like a gap in between when I when I went and when I went back. At one time they had done away with it. I was really disappointed because that was probably probably one of my favorite rides there.
0: Yeah, they had – the ride was still there, but they had actually had – I guess they had lost the rights to anything related to Batman. Uh, and it was just a, basically just a generic water slide at that point. Yeah. And I was so sad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I did – I feel like the suit uh, was improved a little bit. I thought the bat suit looked a little bit better. Um, the villains, I just – I didn't care for Catwoman or the Penguin that much. Uh, Max Shrek was so weird.
0: Yeah. I, I well, I mean, Christopher Walken is weird and everything he's yeah, in f- yeah, for good or bad. It
1: just, like, I just kept wanting someone to come in and say more cowbell. Like, I just <laughs> want him to rather. Um, but, um, there's just, there, there's some things I do like about it. I, I think, I feel like Batman uses a lot of gadgets in this movie for some reason. That's one thing I noticed. And maybe he, he doesn't compare to others, but I feel like he did. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought, I i love that. I think it's hilarious when he, uh, he, he, he's fighting, it's near the middle of the movie, he's fighting, you know, he's going out fighting the Red Triangle Gang and, in the, and this big dude, this massive figure of a man comes up and, and Batman's punching him and it's not doing, it's having no effect and he just starts laughing. And Batman has this bomb that he's got from another member of the Red Triangle Gang. And so he, he, he the, the, the Red Triangle Gang member is looking at Batman, he starts laughing and, he, and Batman looks down and that guy looks down and he sees that bomb attached to him. He looks back up at Batman, and he just smiles. And he ends up falling into uh, into that that hole, and it blows up. I, I just that gave me a good chuckle. But,
0: uh, th- what did you think about the ending? You know, where he just basically finds a little cat and whatnot.
1: I mean, it definitely alluded to Catwoman showing back up, which would have been okay, but she never does. I thought the the last, I mean, the last hour of the movie was just weird. The whole the whole. Uh, plan of capturing the firstborn of gotham was out there and then the fact that we're having mind-controlled penguins (laughs) go out and try to terrorize the city is a little bit far-fetched as well
0: well i'll be honest too i mean a penguin is you know a cute animal yeah and i don't think you could ever take it seriously as a villain no well the actual animal you know i'm not not the penguin but, but you know actual penguin the animal it just it was just silly. So, well,
1: and again, you know, Gotham City takes place in America. You know, obviously, we're all about you know the the Second Amendment here. So, I'm thinking these people live in Gotham City; they probably have some type of. There are a lot of guns in, these, in Gotham. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm like, you have to expect that some of these people are going to start shooting these penguins. I just don't see this plan really following through with like Oswald Carl, Pop wanted. Um, but yet, yeah, the last hour of the movie, the last in, the ending in general was, and then selena kyle killing shrek and just he it's just weird it that's probably the best adjective i could use for it. it's just a very weird uh ending
0: yeah i think it was definitely a step down from batman 89 mm-hmm. that we'll talk about here in a little bit
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh that's I, I don't really have much to add to batman returns unless you do
1: uh i mean i think we pretty much covered everything um uh, we talked about the Catwoman, trans- the Catwoman transformation still, like whenever I think about that movie, that's the thing that I'm just like, that's so weird. But yeah, I think we've pretty much covered everything.
0: So before we move on, we have five films left that have not been discussed. I'll mention those briefly in chronological order with Batman 89, the entire Nolan trilogy, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises, and the most recent Batman film, The Batman. Mm-hmm. We'll take a brief break and we'll come back with the top five.
2: You
0: need to go to the restaurant, right that? Yeah, let me run over. Uh, Get those wonderful toys. All right, I'm going to recap where we stand on the list so far. Jordan and I have been ranking the 10 live action Batman films collaboratively. And so far, we had Batman and Robin at 10. Batman Favorite 9, the original 66, Batman at 8, Batman vs. Superman at 7, and Batman Returns at 6. We've not talked to any of the Christopher Nolan films, so the top five is going to be Nolan Heavy, probably well deserved. Uh, we haven't talked about Batman 89, and we have not talked about the Batman. I believe it is my turn. And at number 5, I will do The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, they, I love the Nolan trilogy. Let me say, I really like this film. I think they got painted into a corner with Heath Ledger's death. Uh, and there's a couple things I don't like about the film. Uh, I, and you know, I would be okay with this as high as three, but no, honestly, I didn't want one, two, and three just to be all three of the Nolan films, <laughs> which yeah. you very well could have, yeah, in, in whatever order you want to put them in uh uh first of all let me ask you how you feel about bane in this because that either makes or breaks the movie for people because i love bane in the comic books yeah
1: um i I feel i feel positive about it um when i look at the nolan movies i always try to say he, he he tried to make a batman film in a world where it actually could happen like he tries to make it as realistic and as grounded as possible i feel like so the i know there are a lot of people who didn't like uh tom hardy's bane i did i think he has a lot of iconic lines i will say that when i watched the movie in in theaters it really was hard to understand him at times yes so i do think if you watch this definitely turn the subtitles on but i, I liked him uh, he uh he wasn't this big hulking figure that you would see in in Batman Robin or pretty much any other iteration of Bane. He, he's definitely a little bit smaller, but um, I liked him. Were you not
0: a fan of him? No, I liked him. Uh, but you know the the voice, I, I, same as you. I, I watched it open at night when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really really difficult for me. And you know, in a full theater with people, you know, reacting to to understand some of his lines. And I'm yeah. with you. If you watch this at home and have the ability to turn the subtitles on during his scenes, do
1: I feel like he does have some good lines.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I love the you know the actual hand to hand fight between him and Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh and he and he beats Batman up. Yeah. Uh, he I mean he yeah, really he
1: breaks the bat. Yeah he, yeah. he
0: works him over.
1: Yeah.
0: I like how Batman is, you know, from right out of the gate in this one, older and already beat up, mm-hmm. limping. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot more word i mean we'll get to it but i mean he went through it in you know the second of uh nolan's trilogy mm-hmm. he, love of his life yeah <laughs> he, she died rachel but we'll get into that in a minute but i mean uh i i don't have really a whole lot to, bad to say about this movie it's just that it's my least favorite of the three that nolan did and the Batman, you know, Begins and The Dark Knight were so great that maybe my expectations were too high going into this. And I really feel, I, I, I got on the internet, and Nolan doesn't give a lot of interviews, and when he does, he don't really say a lot. But, I mean, the line in The Dark Knight at the end about Joker basically telling he and Batman that they're connected and they're going to do this dance forever there's no doubt they had plans for the Joker again. Absolutely, and they they had to do away with those and kind of start from scratch. So I, there's no doubt that the movie suffered from that. Christian uh, Bale, since this is the first time we've talked about him, I think he's great as Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of some people just like Bane, complain about his voice as Batman, yeah. but I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's a really I think out of all the films, the biggest contrast just in the Bruce Wayne voice. And the Batman voice mm-hmm. is by far the greatest in these. Yeah. But I mean, that's part of Batman's disguise mm-hmm. is disguising his voice. Yeah. Always has been. Uh, I really like Michael Caine as Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think out of all the versions of, of Gordon, I think that these movies, Gary Oldman's my favorite. I would agree. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Easily. And uh, I think Anne Hathaway's okay as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's a lot better than Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Uh I really enjoyed her suit. I mean she didn't have like the quote unquote cat ears, but the way she the she goggles, would she would flip yeah. her goggles up. It was yeah. just a subtle nod that hey this is Catwoman. Yeah. Uh I like how she kinda got the best of Bruce Wayne at the beginning too by, by robbing him. Yeah. I think it that kinda turned him on a little, to be honest with you, Jordan, <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> that, that's uh, good real, luck that's real. That's you know, what, a, a good-looking, intelligent woman that got the best of it. That's him. what motivated them to come back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, what do
1: you think about The Dark Knight Rises? So, it, it, before we done this, before we've done this podcast, and if you would just ask me a week ago where I would have ranked this one, I probably would have ranked it third. Um, but after really looking into it, re-watching some scenes, um, I would have bumped this down a few spots to five on my list. Where well, were uh, I? Right. Um, the... Um, I think you talked about how in Batman returns, Batman wasn't in the movie a lot. I feel like he's not in this movie a lot either. Like I feel like there is a lot of buildup to him being on screen. It just takes a while for that to happen. But when it does happen, it's awesome. Like that line, whenever uh, they're chasing after Bane's gang and the lights go off in that tunnel and they come back on and then you see him on the cycle, the score behind that, that whole scene is perfect. Oh yeah. And that, uh, the that officer, he, he quotes from Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. He, says it's, he talks to that cop, he says, boy, you're in for a show tonight because uh, he knows Batman's about to show up, which is – that whole scene again is, is amazing. I just feel like that. it just kind of took a little while to get there. Um, and then from the movie I think is strong from pretty much thrown out. I do think it drags a little bit. Um, the fight between him and Bane, the first one, is really brutal, and he just – Bane just ultimately destroys him. And I do think that's, and I don't know if Nolan hinted this, but I would say that's probably in part to Batman being out of it for so long, having a bad knee. Um, you talked about Michael Caine's Alfred. Alfred, Michael Caine's version is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that he just gave up and left. I know he was wanting Bruce to have, you know, this. You know, there's that scene at the, in, where they're in Paris,
0: I guess. There's well, that, yeah, I was going to mention that. You know, here you basically had. Twenty-three movies, close to nine hours a movie. Yeah, and I thought that that last scene was so out of place tonally with the with the other, you know, yeah. eight eight hours and fifty minutes. Right, it was just so cheesy. Yeah, and and they just not, kind of just nodded each other and hold up their tea and, or coffee or whatever they're drinking. Know,
1: Alfred feels so responsible for Bruce that I just don't think he would ever leave him no matter what. Like I feel like he would always stick by Bruce's side, and he just says, "Oh,
0: I'm out," and, and leaves. I, I didn't I didn't care too much for that. Um, I kind of wish they'd have left it ambiguous on whether or not Batman survived too. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I feel like
1: it definitely leads to your. It definitely leads to you thinking he did right. Like yeah. that's what I took from it. Like, but he's going to go off with well, no, it actually shows him, doesn't he? He and Selina Kyle. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, it does. They're yeah, at yeah. that cafe because because earlier in the film. You know, Alfred had mentioned that when he retires, there's a certain cafe that he would want to just have his coffee at every morning. And Bruce not saying anything, just kind of. Yeah. The old so he, is. so he, he obviously intentionally was there hoping to run into, yeah. to him and he did. And I just could have done without that whole scene.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the Batman scenes in the movie were great. I like the, the, the bat wing or the bat, whatever they call it in the movie. Um, Bane is very menacing. I like that Bane is very tactical. He's very strategic. Um, I always like that line where he says your precious armor, armor regretfully accepted. Whenever like all the the vehicles start falling through the ceiling, um, the um, I, again there's I just think it kind of drags on a little bit too long. And I get what they were trying to do with the buildup, but I feel like that there's Batman's just really not in it a whole lot. But the movies, the parts that he is in are great. Like that scene whenever uh, Gordon and, and his bunch are walking on that frozen river, and Batman. Tells him to light it up, and he he lights uh, he he lights up that flare, and it throws down, and that that big flaming bat is on that bridge. That is an amazing shot, absolutely. And then Bane says, "Impossible!" Like Bane can't believe it. That that is amazing. And from there on out, you know, up, up until the last shot, the ending, like you just mentioned, the movie is is solid. It's just there's some things in between that I thought like kind of dragging on a little bit.
0: I will say that one of my favorite you know set pieces in any Batman film that they ever did was the football stadium scene in this. Yes, that was good. That was Especially in the theater, that scene is amazing of them basically just blowing up the ground underneath the football player's feet. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, Christopher Nolan is probably, you know, director-wise by far, I think, the best actual movie maker Mm -hmm. to get a hold of the Batman franchise. Yeah. And he's a big – he's still to this day on, on movies he's making outside of this franchise, big on practical effects. He doesn't like the CGI a lot. Right. So that I think that's why his movies are so great. I mean, that and to me, that that's what some of the Snyder uh, verse suffer from is just too heavily on CGI. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Nolan in Nolan's hands, you know, he didn't make a bad Batman film by any stretch. Right. Like we're
1: not saying this movie is bad. Not at all. all. It's
0: to me, it's just the weakest of his three. Yeah. And like I said, that's not entirely his fault because plans had to change at the last minute. Right. I wonder how he would have incorporated Joker into the movie. I'm that's... sure he would have been the one that, that broke out, you know, that got a hold of Bane. Yeah. I think the Joker would have been kind of controlling Bane behind the scenes a little. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, I've always wondered that. Nolan is just so secretive. Even after the fact when he makes a movie, he doesn't give a lot away.
1: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't care too much for Talia Al Ghul. No, I didn't, I didn't either. That, I didn't care too much for that. Batman uh,
0: kind of had two love interests in yeah, this, her yeah. and you know Selena Kyle both. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that um, was just one too many. I did. I I thought the ending fight scene where like you know the police force and Bane's forces they're all fighting in the middle of Gotham. I thought that was cool. I do like how they um uh like Batman and Bane fighting through and they and they meet up. It, um, I do think the line where he says uh so you've come back to die with your city. And he says, No, I came back to stop you. I'm like, Nah, you, you could just not say anything, just punched him. and I've been okay with it. But, um, that, that whole scene was, I thought, really good. Um, and then Catwoman comes in and the cycle and just shoots everything and everything gets resolved. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I think this is a really good movie. I, I just think that it maybe could have been shortened down a little bit or maybe could have had more Batman if stuff I, if in you, it. If
0: you were going to cut anything, would you cut the deal where he, you know, was held prisoner? Well,
1: I, I thought that I, I
0: wouldn't have cut that entire scene, but it didn't need to be quite as long as it was.
1: No. And I and I think that that was a very inspiring scene to me. I liked the fact that he was like, you had to make that jump without the rope. And I thought it was really him trying to re, like finding himself again, yeah. I guess. And I thought it was um, I thought it was a good scene. I did think it went on a little bit too long. I maybe would have cut down the beginning a little bit and try to get him, try to get Batman on screen like earlier. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, th- there were some things that could have been cut down that I think would have, would have helped the movie for sure.
0: Yeah, and like like I, like I Jordan has said and I've said, this is not a, I mean, well, it's, you know, in the top five. So it's, right. it's, yeah. it, it's better than, I mean, so it's pretty much right here in the middle of the list. Uh, yeah. And I would have had no problem with it. Being higher, I think you said you had it on th- th- at three, yeah, on your yeah. personal list. But I, I like, I overwhelmingly like it that the ending just didn't stick at the cafe. No, uh, what do you think about Robin? He, he was all right. I liked it, how it was kind of just like Catwoman, it just didn't come right out and just beat you over the head that hey, this is Robin.
1: Do, do you wish he, like, there would have been somehow would have turned out that his name would have been Dick Grace and that his actual I, name would have been Robin? Yeah, oh, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, uh, and I, I was. You know, I didn't know what their plans were, and I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah. actor. He's been yeah. in several movies I like outside of this. And we've mentioned Nightwing several times. I would I wouldn't mind seeing him do a standalone, even if it was like on an HBO Max type deal of a Nightwing film.
1: That'd be cool. Like what would have happened in that yeah. universe? Yeah, because he be he right. yeah. he
0: intentionally left, you know, all the equipment to him because I guess he trusted him enough. Yeah, with all the gadgets and the, yeah. and you know the Batcave yeah. at the end of it, so. But uh, obviously with Nolan, you know, dropping out and Snyder taking over a few years later, you know, it's basically a new universe.
1: I feel like the score in this movie, the music is fantastic. I feel like the music adds to every scene. Yeah. Like, I think it's great. I I do think it's funny that he – as soon as he gets back in, like, he's ready to go. Like, there's no training that we see. He's just ready to go. Well, I mean, he
0: has a lot of help, too, with the particular suit he's got on.
1: (laughs) I I wonder, too, like – and this is just one of those things where – i guess nerds like us kind of theorize i wonder if how batman at his peak would have fared against bane because to me this movie led you to believe that he's not at his peak no he so, definitely wasn't so i'm i'm curious to see it would have been interesting interesting to see Christian Bale's Batman at his peak versus this band. Like, if there was any separation there, how that would have played out? Because I think it it factors into it that Batman's been out of the game for what was it, eight years or ten years? I think it was basically a decade. Be- basically a decade. Yeah. So he and then he has to have that knee brace. Yes. to Even use that knee. So I thought uh, that would have been
0: interesting to think about. Yeah, but I, I overall, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of this movie. We didn't mention mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Yeah, yeah. He's good yeah. in all three of these films, but is. Morgan Freeman's always good. And, I mean, yeah, you yes. can just, just throw him out there for five minutes. He, he's going to be the, better. He's better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, too, you know, in this one kind of gave up on Batman. Yeah. Just the way, uh, you know, Alfred did when he was asking for basically to be able to spy on the entire city. Yeah. Uh, he, he let him have the equipment, but he said that was it for him, yeah, I he's think. done.
1: he's
0: yeah. done. Yeah. So at the end, I guess Batman's only friend was Selena Kyle. I guess so. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was worth, you know,
1: is a, is his motivation.
0: <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to add to The Dark Knight Rises, the first of the Nolan films we've discussed, or do you want to move on? And, no, uh, and again, like, this is a really good movie. Like, definitely watch it. I,
1: I would say every movie from here on out would probably be, a, if you're a Batman fan, definitely watch the movies you want to talk about from here on out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a good uh, I think it was a good ending to this trilogy. Um, it wasn't perfect. But again, like you said, there were some things that, you know, kind of derailed the original plans. But I definitely think this is a good movie.
0: All right. So it's now your turn, sir. For number four. All right. Number four, I'm
1: going to go with Batman 89. Um, I really wish I could have been cognitively aware, aware of just what was going on whenever this movie I'll, was I'll released. speak on that in a little okay, bit, but I'll okay. let you talk first. Because I feel like just from what I've seen, it, it was a huge deal. And I felt like that um, it, it, it was such a sharp contrast to what people had seen of a live-action Batman before, obviously, because the, the only thing before this, as far as live-action goes, was Batman 66 and this movie i think really was influenced by frank miller's darker take on 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 the character you know it's dark it's brooding um i think the opening of this movie is fantastic where um you know the camera is going through like that bat signal and you have that really famous you know score that's you know always been associated with batman uh playing in the background um the music is very nostalgic for me i think the suit uh, it still looks fine today, but I think it probably back then looked great. I think it was, probably looked amazing because that's the first time anybody has seen anything like that. And then you get the the famous line, "I'm Batman" from Michael Keaton, where he comes down and mm-hmm. he takes on those two criminals. I did think it was funny because he comes down, he scares him, he kicks up one guy, he tells the other one to tell his friends about him, and then he just leaves. And I'm like, well, like, is anybody going to pick these guys up? Is he just was this just for fun? But then the police come, and you do see him. Uh, arrest those guys. Um, I think Harvey Dent, uh, uh, it is, it, it's, it's funny seeing Lando Carissian as, <laughs> yeah, as Harvey Dent. Exactly. I, I can never not picture Lando whenever I see that. Um, Jack Nicholson, fantastic as a Joker. I mean, Jack Nicholson is one of those guys kind of in the, in the same line with Morgan Freeman. He's just overall great actor. Um, uh, I, I did like it was funny before he even turns into the Joker. You know he's with Grissom, the, his boss's daughter, and uh, he's looking himself in the mirror, straightening his tie, and she comes up to him and he says, "You look great." And he turns around, and looks at her, and says, "I didn't ask." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Um, I, I'd it's funny whenever you see like the police force and you see Lieutenant Eckhart. And it's like, obviously that is going to be like the corrupt cop. Oh, like yeah. Even if you wouldn't. You can have, tell by looking at you him. You can tell by looking at Yeah, that's definitely the corrupt cop. Um, I like the, how they name dropped Cordo Maltese, which is where Vicky Vale was. Um, that's a, that's a location that was first mentioned in the Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight Returns. I'm sorry, the comic book. Um, I think Michael Keaton, I mean, I think he, for, for and my, it might just be where I grew up with him, but I think he does a great job. I mean, he's, I know there was a lot of uh, controversy whenever uh, he was first cast because everybody associated him with Beetlejuice.
0: But, um, yeah, what did you think about it? Well, I had it number three on my personal list, so it wasn't too far off from where you where it's ending up here at four. And I can remember, uh, I was nine when this came out, but the hype, you know, not just for a month or two, but they, they released the first, like, teaser trailer a year ahead of time did
1: they show him in the suit yeah
0: okay and and people started losing their minds about bet. yeah but it was still a year away so and and it's what like now where you can go on the internet and these people with you know been spies on the set and have you know secretly taken pictures and posted them and things of that nature and you get a teaser trailer and another trailer and another trailer it was kind of just for a whole year people in their minds built this movie up mm-hmm. And it had an unbelievable hype and expectations, and for the most part, lived up to it, which is was a very tall task. Mm-hmm. And Michael Keaton, you met, you touched on that. They were some hardcore Batman fans that all. I mean, they were just out of their mind. Had you know, the internet existed then, like it does now. I can't even imagine some of the stuff that people yeah. would be writing on Twitter and other social media about Michael Keaton. But I thought he's great. Mm-hmm. and t- still to this day this is my favorite version of the batmobile on screen oh really yeah Okay. I, that's probably a little bit nostalgia because when you yeah. saw that car at nine years old on the big screen it's probably and you know the basically the jet engine on the back
1: i was going to ask you about that because i had that in my notes like yeah. the car looks great
0: like still to the yeah. like
1: it, it definitely looks like a batmobile to me
0: yeah and i mean it was about the coolest vehicle i'd ever seen when i was nine years old i mean it just I was just in all of it. You touched on Jack Nicholson for, you know, had it not be, been for Heath Ledger, which we'll get to by far up until now, then at least, and, you know, all the way until Ledger's appointment, the best portrayal of the Joker live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am a huge fan of Mark Hamill's animated Joker, yeah. but live action wise, I thought for the tone of the movie, Nicholson was just great. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. And I remember reading this years ago, so I looked it up last night to make sure I wasn't off base. Nicholson never really took much of a base salary for this; they wanted him so bad. And they, and at the time, they offered him six million dollars, which was when the highest, like, actual paycheck for an actor in any film. Yeah. And he said, "Well, I'll take a base of like a million, but I want residuals forever." Yeah. And till and so you know, not only ticket sales but merchandise that. It's burn his version of the Joker, DVD, Blu-ray sales, 4K sales, everything. As of last year, he's made $90 million off of this movie. (laughs) For a movie he's in for maybe a total of like maybe 50 minutes of screen time. And that's by far the record for for the biggest paycheck of any actor in any movie in history. $90 million he's made to date off of this. I guess this is the bit, one of the big reasons why he hasn't acted a whole lot over the last 20 years. Right, he doesn't have to. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't need to. But you mentioned Billy D. Williams. You know, you and I both are huge Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And I had watched, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of Jedi to death leading up to yeah. this. And it was kind of, you know, I, and even till today, I rewatched this film about a month ago. And I was like, man, that's Lando. That's Lando. He'll forever be Lando no matter what he's in. I wonder
1: how he would have been if they would have stuck with him as Two-Face.
0: I wish they had of. Yeah, That'd I think he could have done okay. Yeah, uh, Kim Basinger is, a, you know, Basinger is a love interest. She's all right. Yeah, uh, I've I've never been a big fan of any of you know Batman's love interest, be it in the movies or comics or whatever. Yeah, uh, to me, he did. He don't. He shouldn't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> too busy. But he is. A, he is a human being. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he has needs. I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the suit at the time was awesome yeah. and there's been better batman suits since then but it still holds up well considering you know this movie's you know almost 35 years old at this point yeah i got to touch on the soundtrack yeah uh it's kind of cheesy but i still like to listen to it from time to time prince yeah
1: <laughs> i think that's honestly i think that the soundtrack is famous in and of itself. it is yeah. it
0: is but i still i still listen to it from time to time uh it's easily the best of the two Tim Burton directed Batman yeah. films. I don't even yeah, think that's for sure. up for debate. I love the set design of Gotham in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at you know, still, you know, in '89, the majority of it was practical effects, meaning they were real. Yeah. So they actually had to build those sets, and I think that's why it still holds up. Yeah. Because a lot of times, especially when on the early onset of CGI, if you'll go back and watch a movie, you know, from like 15, 20 years ago, you know, they don't they look like. They look like a bad video game. Yeah. Well, if you
1: look, like we were talking about the Schumacher films, like if you look at Gotham, you, you can tell. Yeah. Like that's computer generated. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, at the time, I guess it was high tech, but it just. It's not age well. Not age well at all. So anytime, you know, a movie's practical and there's real live sets and, you know, special effects, it, it ages a lot better. Uh, I mean, let's, let's you know, at the end, I want to talk about who your favorite Bat, you know, not your favorite Batman film. Okay. But you know, who was your favorite Batman? Who was your favorite Bruce Wayne? Okay. But I'll give mine away. I think Bruce Wayne wise, Michael Keaton, was my favorite. Okay. Not necessarily my favorite Batman. I I'll have to think about that a little bit and, and give my answer here in a minute. But I thought I just loved his portrayal of Bruce for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I was nine and I was aware of the hate that he was getting in the Batman fan community, Mm -hmm. but he shut most of them up. Yeah, he did. And he, and he'd been in, you know, he'd been Beetlejuice and things of that nature, but he'd never been a blockbuster movie star, quote unquote. Right. So he was an odd choice, but obviously Burton trusted him because he had worked with him at Beetlejuice. And, uh, I think the entire movie's aged well. I got no problem with it being here where it's at. I had it just one spot higher, but that's fine. I think I've said all I need to say about it. I'll let you, uh, you know, close up shop on that and then we'll move on.
1: Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton, great Bruce Wayne. I, I like the scene where uh, uh, Vicky Vale first asks him, "You know, are you Bruce Wayne?" And or he asks like he doesn't know who that is, and then he introduces himself, and she says, "Are you sure this time?" Yeah. <laughs> say, yeah. yeah. Um, again, I like the fact that he uses a lot of gadgets in this movie too. I feel like that's very synonymous with with the character of Batman. Uh, the Batmobile, like you touched on it, I think it's great. I do think it's weird that. It's not Ace Chemicals in this movie. It's like Axis Chemicals, which Ace Chemicals is a very famous place in the Batman universe. That's where, obviously, you know, the Joker becomes a Joker. I don't know why they didn't use Ace. Maybe there's a reason why I didn't look into it. Um, he does do some detective work in here uh, with, you know, how he figures out that's a combination of the chemicals that's causing everybody to, you know, catch this disease or whatever it is. Um, I do think it's funny whenever. He's with uh Vicky Bell in the in the apartment and he gets that fire prodder and he hits that thing, he looks at the joker and he says, You wanna get nuts? and he just starts freaking out. Um, and you get the Batwing and the ending shot with like that triumphant score plan and him standing on top and the oh, yeah. ending
0: shot with the Bat signal, yeah. I think is great. And you know, till this day, you, you touched on it when you know a few minutes ago Well, he says I'm Batman. Yeah. Until this day in the trailer that they released for the new Flash movie He's gonna be in. They
1: mm-hmm.
0: they they pretty much devote half the trailer for that that you know the lead up to and that line. Yeah, uh, that's iconic. And like you said, that last shot is mm-hmm. just so cinematic and just so it looked like it straight out of a comic book. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, yeah, it looked just like a panel on a comic book, which I loved. Uh, you got anything else you want to add? Or you want to no, move on to the next movie? Great. All right, so please watch it. If you haven't yet, yeah, and if you haven't, what are you listening? Uh, What are you listening (laughs) to this particular episode for? I mean, geez. So, we have three left. Uh, I'm gonna go with number three with Batman Begins. Okay, now it's obviously in the title, it's an origin story, Mm -hmm. and I I think it does the best job of any of the origin stories we've got on the big screen, yeah. Uh, and I was so hype for this film because Batman had kind of been dormant a while as far as mainstream and pop culture because of Batman and Robin. I'd been out of college for a couple of years and didn't have a whole lot of money, but I I, I scratched enough together to go open the night. Uh, stood in line for like an hour so I could get a good seat. And it was one of the better movie-going experiences I'd had up until that point. I walked out on such a high, mm-hmm. knowing where they were going. Uh, we'll get to it, but I mean they teased the Joker at the end, and you just yeah. know that's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, really like the villain in this scarecrow, Killian Murphy. I thought he's good. He's a little Mm -hmm. crazy. Some people didn't like his portrayal, but I did. Roz Agul, Liam Neeson, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, he didn't play a villain a lot. Mm -mm. And, uh, I thought that was good. Uh, I thought the whole, you know, training Mm -hmm. deal was awesome. Uh, Love that it. it kind of took its time for him to be Batman.
1: I like how they made it very practical too. Yes. like there's reasons why he has all these different Absolutely. gadgets and yes. armor pieces that he's using.
0: Uh, you know, I was just blown away at the time when I watched this film. Uh, Christopher Nolan, I think he was coming. He wouldn't. He hadn't made a bunch of huge movies at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some, you know, a movie called Memento that I had watched and, and liked. But I mean, this to hand the keys to the kingdom to him was kind of a risk at the time, mm-hmm. and he just just knocked it out of the park and, and proved what a capable director. Uh, Rachel Dawes, uh, I thought Katie Holmes was okay. I know she gets a lot of hate, and obviously they didn't bring her back for the sequel. But I I didn't have a problem mm-hmm. with her. But for good or bad, I grew up watching Dawson's Creek too, so I kind of was Katie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Katie. I'll admit that here. <laughs> but uh Alfred, we've touched on him, Michael Kane. I really I think this I think him and this one was my favorite version of his Alfred. Yeah. Uh I really, really liked him. Uh and uh the you know the last the last action sequence of the training and got uh you know going in Gotham, mm-hmm. I thought is is spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular still holds up. I can't believe this movie now, man, uh, is <laughs> came out two thousand five, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean it's 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 almost be graduating high school yeah. if it was a child. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I know, and we're getting old, man. No. Uh, hey, Brian, once again here to tell you about my good friends at the Goblin trading company that's right they are putting out new stuff almost daily shirts hoodies mugs not just exclusive that one show merchandise but all kinds of cool stuff they have a really new cool shirt for my D friends of a lich and if you'll just go to etsy type in the goblin trading company you can see that shirt and all the other stuff they have A lot of you have already bought some hoodies and t-shirts of that one show, and I appreciate that. Keep on buying that stuff, wearing it out, tagging myself or the Goblin Train Company on social media and letting us see that cool shit that they are making because it is cool. And if you want to be cool, you will go ahead and get you a hoodie or t-shirt from the one and only goblin trading company if you don't know how to get there in the show notes i'll have a little link and all you gotta do is click on that sucker and it'll take you right there to where you'll see all that awesome stuff i just talked about from the goblin trading company So I kind of said my piece about Batman Begins, and I touched on how great an origin story I thought it was. Uh, What do you think about it? Um, I think it's, to me, it's the best origin
1: superhero story or superhero movie we've ever had. I think it's great from beginning to end. Um, I think that there's really not like, to to me, there's not really like a a slow part of the movie that just makes you kind of lose interest. I I like the the beginning of it where he's – He's training with the League of Shadows I think that's what they're called in this movie I think I, I, for some reason I want I, I think they went by a different name but I could just be remembering wrong but I like how you're starting to see how they train and he incorporates some of their training into like his own weapons his own gadgets like whenever he's you know sword fighting with uh, with Reshaw Ghoul he has like those little I don't know what they're called bat, bat wings or something on his gauntlet uh, so there's a lot of things that he takes with him. Um, I, You mentioned uh, Alfred. I like the fact that Alfred is really trying to help him become Batman, like he's working with him, preparing him, uh, creating these gadgets that he's going to use. I think the film does a really good job of showing you just how fearful he was of bats. And I like the line where um, Alfred asked him, why bats, sir? And he said, because bats frighten me. It's time, you know, criminals, uh, you know, fear what I fear. I think the first – um the, the the first part of the movie where we see Batman and they're in and they're at that dock and he starts taking out the villains silently like a silent predator one by one. I think that is awesome. Oh yeah. That that's Batman to me. Like I know we talk about the hand to hand combat stuff, but the fact that he's able to like in a stealth manner pick people off one by one and really frighten people, like that's another thing I thought that part did uh well was it showed you just how scared. Though like the, the the criminals were becoming, I oh, thought that was excellent. I like the fact that I know you talked about Scarecrow. And then we have Ray Gould, Charles Gold, He comes back at the end, but really he, he's really just taken on like the criminal underworld of of Gotham. Like he's going after Carmine Falcone. Um, he's going after the. He's he, he's trying to make a difference here, and I just I, I think the movie's great. I mean, the, there's really not much more I can add other than what you did. Liam Neeson, I think, is great as Ray Well, You talk about the train scene; that's fantastic. Um, and there's so many great lines in this movie, it, like the line about the mask. It's not, it's not how I am, and the mask that defines me It's what I do. Uh, it's not a what do we do when we fall down? We we pick ourselves up. Those lines. Um, just just a fantastic
0: movie overall. Yeah, and I can't, you know, I can't really do justice of how you know we'd sit and watch the you know up until that point uh uh, in my opinion the best batman movie ever Mm -hmm. and you know on opening night when i watched the theater in pikeville and for them to go ahead and just tease the joker you know with with the card left on the crime scene people just lost their minds in the theater Mm -hmm. at that moment man it's one of the best you know in theater experiences i've ever had uh i mean they were people just i think this, the guy next to me—I didn't even know who he was. I think he stuck his hand up and I high-fived him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just knowing, you know, how great that they had done this, and how they were setting up the next chapter, and you knew that the Batman was going to be taking on the Joker. Yeah. Uh, the expectations couldn't have been higher for for you know the sequel, which we'll get to in a minute. I love I loved how they we're able to bring Gordon and Batman together. and I love Gordon Batman. and Batman's relationship in the yeah, Nolan films. Absolutely. I think that's one of the stronger aspects of all three of them. Yeah. Uh, it helps that I think that that's by far the best uh, Gordon we got. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's, I don't even think it's close. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Kristen Bell is a great actor, obviously. Uh, I, and we we touched on it, and you know, earlier when we talked about Dark Knight Rises, but, I mean, he's just so so good mm-hmm. in both roles. And they couldn't have, you know, an origin story can be boring sometimes. It can, yeah. It really can. That's why there's
1: really not been a whole lot of really great no, superhero origin movies. No.
0: And, and I agree with what you said. I think this is the best. Uh, easily the best Batman origin story. Yeah. But I think it's the best overall in, in any of the superhero movies we've gotten up until this point it set up a universe that, that that they followed it up with two other really good movies. One of them I, that we'll get to in a minute that I think is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really have anything other to add to Batman Begins if you want to move on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, number
1: two, this is number two, right? Yep. Number two is The Batman. And
0: yeah. Actually, I
1: had it at number two on my list. Until we just switched a little bit. Yeah. Um, Only movie that you and I have actually watched together for the first time Um. I think I went back and forth on it. Like I knew what my number one was going to be, but two through five, um, I really had to do some thinking and and, and compare. And I knew was, what
0: my number ten and number one was going to yeah, be, and I filled everything else from yeah, there.
1: Yeah, two through five, I had a lot of a uh, lot of debate with, within myself. But um, originally, I may would have put this at two, but the more I started thinking about it, and the more and the more I thought about how much I liked Batman Begins. Um, I I gave it the nod above the Batman, but I I mean, I think you could, I I could go either way. I could, I could change my mind tomorrow. Um, This movie is obviously the newest one. And, you know, kind of like what we've talked about before with other actors, there was, there were a lot of people who were not happy with Pattinson being cast. Oh no. Um, I was always more like, let's wait and see. Um, And, you know, there were supports that came out that he wasn't working out, that he wasn't, you know, really preparing for their own. I I don't know how accurate those were, but I thought he did a fantastic job. The, there was this, I don't know if you remember this or not. They, before they even put out like a teaser trailer, they put out of him in the bat. It was like a shot of him in the bat suit and the camera starts off like it's blurry and the background is red and he starts walking to the camera. Oh, I
0: remember. Yeah. and,
1: And, and that score that is associated with this movie starts playing. And I instantly knew I'm like, okay, it, he, he's going to be okay in this movie. I don't know how the rest of it's going to be, but he's going to be fine. And I think this movie just, I, I think it was really good. I think there's very few things I could point out that I didn't like. I, I like the fact that um, we got a lot of Batman in, in this movie. I don't know like the, the comparisons, but I feel like this is probably the movie that Batman might be in the most. And that might might, might not be fair because this is definitely one of the longer Movies that we've talked about in the, on the oh, it's list. It's the longest. Is, is it the longest? Yeah, it's okay. the longest. So, but I like that. Um, I like the fact that he, right now in this stage in his career, he's really not concerned with being Bruce Wayne. He, he's all about being Batman. Oh yeah, because he don't want
0: to be Bruce. No, at all. You, you
1: don't even see. You barely see Bruce Wayne in this movie. I feel like just like,
0: like maybe one, two scenes, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, he, he's just concerned about punishing the <laughs> criminal underworld and and instilling fear. Which I think the movie shows that he does a good job of doing that. Uh, I think that the opening scene of this movie. I know we talk about opening scenes a lot, but the subway scene and those guys, you know, harassing. Um, I, I think that guy might be a doctor. I don't know. And and they stop because they hear something. The Skullface gang, and they turn around, and he slowly comes into, you know, into the scene, and then he just destroys that whole gang it's so brutal that 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 first punch that he throws
0: and the 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 punches that follow like you feel that especially you know you and i watched it in imax uh and you know you could it literally you, you we we talked about it when we left the theater how you could actually feel the punches yeah and and you know uh both those that Batman were given and those that he received in this film. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fights were brutal, I feel like. And even like
1: a lot of these fights, too, like he's really not dominating. Like he's getting hit. Like he gets shot. Uh, uh, he, he gets punched in the face. Um, it, it, it's, it's a, these, these fight scenes are brutal, but I think they're great. Like I think they show just a, a great job of how uh, this, this character I feel like is a little bit more grounded. I don't know how he would fit in like, a universe with like super powered beings but um anyway i think he uh i, th- I think there's, there's a lot of great things about this movie the uh it does run a little long i think that might be why i knocked it down a little bit but it, i never got bored with no it. i never once got bored with it um this is obviously the best detective batman story we've seen i thought the riddler was interesting um i, I love i'm just Right now, I'm just thinking of scenes that are coming to my mind. The first scene where he walks to the iceberg lounge and he just starts fighting like all the guards, there. anybody
0: I, and everybody. Yeah, is that's
1: like. hilarious. And then Colin Farrell's penguin comes up and he, he, I like how he calls him Mr. Vengeance at first. I think that's funny. Um, but there's just this movie is really good, really. Even
0: with it being a little bit longer, I still think it's phenomenal. So let me uh touch on a couple things. I think there were parts of it that were genuinely terrifying. Yeah. Uh, when the first murder that the that the Riddler does, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's on Halloween night. Yeah, and the it's dark, and you just there's a guy sitting on the couch, and when lightning flashes, that briefly lights up the room for maybe like a second. You, you just see him standing back yeah. there. That generally is scary. Yeah, uh, makes you jump a little. Yeah, bit. and th- you touched on this. You know, Batman. Uh, you know, one of the nicknames for him is the world's greatest detective, and this yeah. is by far. You like you said, the most, the closest of all the films to that. Yeah. You had a you had a genuine super intelligent serial killer playing games throughout Gotham City mm-hmm. that Batman had to try to find, and it reminded me a lot of the movie Seven. Yeah. Uh, in that aspect, from back in the nineties, uh, and you know, outside of a Batman film, it's a really good detective story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, basically, you know, not a cop. But Batman, trying to find this criminal. And I thought pa- Paul Dano was by far my favorite version of the Riddler. Yeah. Generally just terrifying. Yeah. You know, I mean, capable of anything. Yeah. And he, he's playing games, but he's not playing games. <laughs> if that makes any sense. He's not messing around. I mean, he's he's out there killing people. And I thought the funeral scene, when the car crashes in and you've got the guy coming out, basically, you know, can't talk, and he's got – the apparatus glued to his hand mm-hmm. and all that was really well done. And you'd we've mentioned several times scores in these films. Mm-hmm. I love the score in this film. Yeah, it's kind of techno but it also has moments that remind you of like an old score from a Western movie back in the day, almost like you can hear like spurs jangling a little mm-hmm. bit if you listen to it with headphones. Uh, I really, I, you know, the penguin I thought was well done. I mm-hmm. uh, and Colin Farrell was. Unrecognizable, I guess. The makeup, I think, this movie is actually nominated for best makeup at the Oscars this year. Oh, really? And a okay. set design and sound design. Uh, you know, I mentioned that Michael Keaton was my favorite version of Bruce Wayne, and you mentioned that this is the most Batman we get because Bruce Wayne's not in it. But I, I've, if I had to choose my favorite version of actual Batman, meaning in the suit and how they portray the character on screen, this is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, there were a lot of people apprehensive that Robert Pattinson was casting this. I can tell you that I learned my lesson from that. When Heath Ledger was cast as a Joker, I thought it was going to be a disaster, and I couldn't have been more wrong. So I was, I, I withheld my judgment. And I have to say, I'm, do you remember when they, the, they put, first put this trailer out? How great the trailer was. Yeah, the
1: trailer's fantastic. And you and I
0: immediately started just texting. Like, Man, yeah. And you said, that's my Batman. Yeah. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I think he even in the trailer they showed the line, I'm vengeance. Yeah, and it shows him just. Just, just, just mowing be, down people yeah, by, by yeah. hand. You could even feel it in the trailer. Yeah, trailers. it was yeah. like, my goodness. And then this movie was delayed because of COVID. You and I, seemed like we waited forever to watch this mm-hmm. one. Because we I think we agreed to watch it together when that trailer came out, and it took two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Which, it was worth the wait. We sucked to it. Uh, I have to mention the Batmobile in this. I mm. thought it was a great take. Yeah. Basically just, a, you know, a souped-up muscle car. Yeah. i Do you remember in the theater when they – you heard the engine rev before you even saw it? How that awesome that was. blew you away. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, man, here we go. Uh, and I don't – you know, it's kind of iffy if they're ever going to be able to follow this one up or not. They went back and forth. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. I hope that they get to. I, I would love to see Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson what they have in store, and you could also. I like that they just didn't they didn't waste any time. We we did not need another origin story on Batman at all.
1: Everybody knows about now. Yeah, I, I mean
0: if you don't, I mean I don't know what to tell you. So they didn't really waste any of the movie on that, uh, and I think that people, you know, it is a little long, so it's asking a lot for you to sit for three hours, but I think out of all the films, if somebody wasn't a fan of Batman. Like, maybe, you know, my spouse. This may be the Batman film they like the most because it's such a great detective story. It keeps you engaged throughout. Like, Does that make sense? Something's always happening. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, if you're not a fan of Batman, I think you could find a lot to like in this movie because of the serial killer and the detective aspect of mm-hmm. it. And I like that they didn't kill the penguin. Mm-hmm. And it kind of hinted that he was going to be taking over all the crime syndicate in Gotham.
1: Which is very true to his character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. crime
0: boss. yeah. And like you said, I loved it when he went to the lounge and just anybody that got in his way, be a crooked <laughs> cop or a bodyguard or whoever, a bouncer. He just, he wouldn't, he didn't have time for it. I like the, cause that because his name was McKenzie, I think. And it says, like, it's
1: in that scene where Gordon and him's talking to the police station and uh, Batman asks him, who's the cop with the broken nose? And he says, McKenzie. He's a he was at the Asperger Lounge other night. And. Gordon goes, you think he moonlights for the penguin? He goes, I think he moonlights as a cop. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a great one.
0: You know, and I think this was the most human of all the portrayals of Batman. Uh, Like you said, I mean, it showed his body and what it went through with the bruises and cuts. And a small moment in it that I really enjoyed was when he tried the glider at the first time and just basically just crashed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love that. It shows like, you know, this guy's not perfect. And he's going through a lot of trial and error here. I'm trying to save his city and and he was that was his long goal in this mm-hmm. and obviously you know we haven't talked about Catwoman yet and you know they hinted at the romance between but i'm glad they didn't go there in this one because this version of batman definitely did not have time for that mm-hmm. he had no interest in doing anything other than putting on the bat suit and killing and beating up criminals mm-hmm. that's all he that's the, that was his sole objective in this life and it was you could almost make an uh, argument this was an origin story for Bruce Wayne in mm-hmm. a way because at the end he kind of accepts that he that that you know Gotham needs that part of him too
1: he needs to be like a, a lot light yeah the city at the same time that he needs to punish yeah you know and and it kind of hints
0: that he can do that more so as Bruce Wayne during the daytime mm-hmm. and then you know be Batman at night mm-hmm. uh, and I I bought one of my first toys in years because of this I had to buy a little model of the the Batmobile in yeah. this, <laughs> yeah and uh I just I, I really really love this film. It's one that even though it's three hours, I've rewatched a couple times. Uh, my Dixie, who's been on the show, so my listeners know her. She bought me a four K player for Christmas, and that was one of the first four Ks I bought. And look, it looks looks and sounds so good. It's about the closest thing you can get from the theater experience. Uh, I haven't talked to her and Natalie into watching this with me because they keep asking, well, is this the one that's three hours and 15 minutes? I'm like, yeah. Well, we can we can watch half of it tonight and half of it tomorrow night. I haven't talked them into it yet. Uh, do you have anything else to add about uh, The Batman, the most recent? Well,
1: I, talking about the length, something's always happening, whether they're figuring out things from the detective aspect or there's action. Um, like you said, the detective parts of this movie are, are fantastic. Like he's figuring things out and you see that um alfred i thought uh what is his name uh uh, andy circus andy circus yeah i think he done i like that take on alfred uh we've seen that take in other iterations before but um i like his take on it um i like how alfred is trying to get him to be bruce wayne yes like he has no interest in it and that's part of the growth of the character which again you you i guess hinted at near the end that he realizes he needs to do something else just besides be batman um the the ending fight scene wherever he comes down through the roof it explodes and he takes on like all those followers of the riddler um i thought was uh, was great and then that scene where he's leading the people out of the the flooded area and um the ending scene where that woman's getting taken up by the helicopter and she like grabs onto him because she's scared and he kind of like touches her hand like it's going to be okay and she pulls away, and then he, there's a shot of him. His cape's blown. He's, like, covered in, like, mud and stuff. I think that was great. And, I mean, I think it's – I love the fact that how they showed the growth of – really, you mentioned Bruce Wayne, but I think Batman, too. I think he realizes that he is doing something positive, but he's going to have to do more. And he might not be able to do everything that he needs to do as Batman. And I think he he, he realizes just how, um, how much he cares for Alfred – In this movie, whenever the attack on Alfred happens, I think he.
0: Yeah, I thought that scene in the hospital was really, really well done.
1: and it was a humbling experience for him. Yeah. And I think that that kind of showed more growth. Um, Catwoman was fine. Like I said, I'm with you. I'm glad they didn't really go the full romance yet. Um, And then, of course, we got a Joker
0: tease in the movie as well we haven't talked about yeah and, and and for hardcore nerds like you and i they teased a few other things too from yeah. the comics that they've never really brought to the big screen specifically yeah uh, you want you want to talk on the uh league of owls uh, uh Horde of owls yeah yeah hold my bad
1: no you're fine you're fine uh court of court of, of owls is um what 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 was teased in the movie about court of owls i can't i can't remember. i think it was the
0: name of one of the
1: now, okay um court of owls is my favorite comic story of Batman of all time. And I, we might talk about that more towards the end, but they teased that. Uh, they teased Hush. Um, yes. Uh, what, what was, uh what's Hush's name? I can't, this is escaping me right now. Uh, I, I would have to, we have to look, but they, they teased a lot. There's a lot of people who think he injected himself with venom at that one ending scene. Um, is it, what was Hush's name? That's going to bother me now if I can't remember it. But there are a lot of things that were teased within, uh, the movie that I think could they, they could go in different directions with, but I mean I think it, it it it's a great movie again like even though it's longer I don't think it's I I never got bored with it like I I never once got bored with um ne- I never once lost interest within this movie. Uh,
0: one more thing that I'll add quickly. Uh, I, you know, we mentioned how Batman was just all he was interested in being batman and i love how they they, they just done little subtle things like wayne manor he don't even like i mean it's just he just, won't be there he's <laughs> not gonna be there but i mean it's it's he didn't even try to take care of it thomas elliott yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah 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 i mean it's like it's just full of dust yeah. and like he even he don't even go into it he stays in the back cave Every, i mean everything in wayne manor is just like covered up with you know sheets and you know tarps and whatnot yeah but I I love this film. Uh, it was one of my favorite films of all last year yeah. that I watched. Period.
1: My if I were to, if I was to pick my favorite movie of 2022, it would either be this one or Top Gun Maverick. That would be one and two. I would have to really think as what I like more. But um, I, I'm like I'm like you. Like I hope they explore uh, this universe more. I know things are happening right now with James Gunn and his new vision and all that. But I really hope that we see, you know, we at least get a trilogy of the matt reeves batman because i think they're they could do like a lot of cool things we were talking about court of owls i keep seeing rumors that he wants to incorporate that and, and if you don't know what the court of owls are they're basically like the illuminati in gotham city they, yes they've been running things since like colonial times absolutely so i think that would be like a very interesting take uh i know there was a video game that came out last year called gotham knights um and i played it and beat it didn't it it it, it did not live up to expectations. They tried to do the court of didn't really do the best job with it. But I think if Matt Reeves could do that, I think it would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. And we'll take a break here just a minute before we get into the number one slot. But, you know, you and I are both big fans of the Arkham mm-hmm. Batman games. Mm-hmm. For, me, for my money, those are some of the best games based on superheroes. Some of period. the best Batman experiences. Ever yeah, awesome. Yeah. Storyline, gameplay. I mean, it makes, I mean, that's the closest you and I either want to act ever becoming Batman ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. playing him in the Harkam <laughs> series. Don't tempt me. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I think this was by far, I, I mentioned it. and You know, the most human of all the Batman. Yeah. Well, even like the car, it's like a yeah. very like grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly. not going to, you're not, uh, doomsday is not going to be in this universe. Right. With Batman. right. Not this one. Uh, you know, Steppenwolf's not either. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even think I don't even think you'd see Mister Freeze in this no, universe.
1: I, it it would be hard. Like you would, you're really going to have to maybe Bane, maybe uh, maybe Two Face. I think you could probably see Two Face. Yeah, but, and, but and there's some you. Have and you did
0: tease time. the Joker, and I love that you the, the Joker and the Riddler were side by side in yeah. the Arkham at the end. Yeah, and that version of the the Riddler, and you know, it just you know, whets my appetite to see what those two villains together could do to Batman. Yeah. Uh, He would have a tall, tall task on his hands. But we'll take a brief break. We'll come back recap where we're at and then talk about the number one, which I guess everybody's figured out what that's going to be by this point. He doesn't like that. Not one
2: bit. So, me watching, he takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me and he says, Why so serious,
0: so here is our list we'll count we'll count down all the way to one and then we'll talk about number one batman and robin at number 10 batman forever number nine number eight batman 1966 seven batman versus superman dawn of justice number six batman returns number five dark knight rises number four batman 1989 number three batman begins number two the batman and number one, I think this was number one on both of our list. Mm-hmm. uh, The Dark Knight, an absolute true masterpiece of a movie. One of my favorite, not just Batman films of all time, but my favorite films, period. I don't know. There's very few movies I've probably watched more o- over the last 10 years than this. Uh, I can't really find fault in it at all. I'll, we'll go back and forth, but just a few things. We touched... Oh, Briefly a while ago, when they announced Heath Ledger as the Joker, the you know, myself included, Batman fans were not happy, especially online. A lot of them got a lot more, you know, angry than I did, because it's, it's not, I mean, it's just a movie after all. But I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, there's a reason why he won the Oscar. Uh, one of the most iconic performances of all time. And... My favorite thing about his performance is the, was the little things, the ticks, like licking his lips over and over. How he, every time he would meet somebody, would say, you know how I got these scars, and just make up a totally different story from the last time from his dad. get him done for him doing it himself because his wife had got this figured and couldn't smile no more. By holding a razor blade in his mouth and just swishing it around. Uh, the, the makeup, I mean, he was truly unhinged. Uh, you wanna see a magic trick? I'm gonna make his pencil disappear and just slamming a guy's head down on it is awesome. Uh, him, you know, getting in with all you know the criminals and stealing all that money and just literally just burning his half of it. not I mean, literally just sitting on fire. he he had no interest in it. It was just stealing it. That's all he cared about this world is a better class
1: of criminal. Yes,
0: <laughs> and just setting fire to an ungodly amount of money. <laughs> and he was a true match for batman and there's a reason why more so than any other villain uh when they do animated movies or animated shows or comics i would venture to say that easily the joker is probably used the most but that's because he's the best mm-hmm. he's the best villain one of the best villains period in any of you know all of pop culture uh and uh you know his his performance is my favorite thing about the movie, but it's not the only thing I love. Uh, it's probably my favorite version of of Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. Uh, I, I, I don't have any fault with the movie, but I wouldn't have minded seeing him as 2 Face a little bit more. They waited kind of to the very end. I thought the makeup was awesome when he turns over in the bed and he just shows that side of his face. <laughs> I love it how he's lost his mind. And uh, the Joker comes in and he literally pulls a gun and holds it to the Joker and says, "Heads, uh, you live, tells you die. And the Joker says, now we're talking. Yeah. He loves that. Yeah. Even though there's a 50% chance he may die there, it was his kind of guy right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, easily the uh, the best of the Nolan trilogy, number one. Christian uh, Bell's never been better as Batman or Bruce Wayne, and I think in this, uh, the party scene at Wayne Manor when he's doing the fundraiser. Mm-hmm when the Joker comes in, it's just magnificently played them hiding Harvey Dent and the Joker seeing Rachel and saying, hello, beautiful. And then combing his hair with his knife Mm -hmm. that, and then throwing her. And then (laughs) he, he busts the window and it's kind of holding her over the edge. And Batman's like, let her go. He said, poor, poor choice of words. And literally (laughs) lets her go. Uh, I'll let you talk about it. We'll kind of go back and forth. We'll probably spend more time on this one, obviously than any of the others, because it's so great. Uh, Feel free to talk about whatever you want in it, Jordan. I'm, I don't. I didn't want to cover everything. I wanted to give you a chance to speak on it too.
1: I mean, you already said a lot. That is that's all true. Masterpiece to me, one of the few few movies I would rank ten out of ten. And like you said, if, if I was just making a list of just my favorite movies in general, this would be very high up there. Um, I can I can find basically nothing wrong with this movie. You've hit on Heath Ledger's Joker. So many iconic lines that are still reverberated throughout pop culture today, um, and I mean, Christian Bale's Batman is fantastic in, in this movie. I think he does a great job of uh, of you feeling like you like both of them do a great job of creating like these two opposing forces that are both wanting different things, but are both so good at what they do. Uh, I like the scene where he goes after um, I forget the the character's name now, but he goes after him in China, and he has to. He's on top of that skyscraper and has to fly into that building. Uh, take out, he takes out some of the security and then uses that plane to get out of there and bring him back so he can testify against other criminal bosses in Gotham. Uh, you were talking about the uh, the party scene. Um, uh, it, I like the fact when Batman shows up, and he says, you're going to love me and starts taking out taking on Joker and his goons um there's just so much to like about this movie uh you mentioned 2 Face. i thought that was done pretty well it was near the end of the movie but i thought it was done in a way that felt organic and it, it felt like it made sense and it almost was like joker really did win in this movie because he was able to take um gotham's white knight this da that everybody was looking towards as like you know the guy who's really going to be like you know the new face of gotham and corrupts him you know yeah rachel and- rachel dies and he just, he just gets pushed over the edge, and that's what Joker wanted. Um, I thought the ending scene, uh, the ending fight scene with the sonar and, and Batman using, uh, what was it, cell phone technology yes. to, to spy on, or to uh, figure Basically out. Basically,
0: cell phones pinging. Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought that was great. Um, I mean, it, it, this movie, is it's really hard to – find anything wrong with it like i think it's a very if it's not a 10 out of 10 movie it's very close to being one
0: yeah and you touched on that that's one of the reasons why batman kind of took the blame at the end yeah because he didn't want everybody knowing what had truly happened to harvey dent and they yeah. wanted he wanted gotham to remember him as a hero you and a that shot man. of
1: the bat signal being yeah. broken
0: yeah uh it's a perfect film man and uh I, don't, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it. I was literally watching it right before we started recording this morning again.
1: <laughs> even like the opening, even though it has really nothing to do with Batman, just them robbing the bank and, yeah, joker and the, killing his goons. Yeah, and all of them got the mask on. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Uh,
0: I, you know, that was, was a great heist. Yeah. I mean, one of the better, you know, bank robbers ever put on film. Yeah. And, you know, they were just – everything was hitting on all cylinders.
1: And To me, it was a very joker thing for him to tell everybody else, hey, if you kill – your fellow, your fellow um, robber here, I guess you can call him, you'll get more of the cuts. Well, they all start killing each other. Yes. So it makes it easier for him to take everything
0: for himself. He was a step ahead of everybody. Yeah. yeah. And he was a step ahead of Batman for all the film, too. Yeah. Like he, you know, he, even with, you know, Rachel's death, I mean, yeah. he outsmarted him there.
1: That scene where they're transporting the Joker, they're moving him was so tense. Like the, yes. we, we talked about scores before, but the score behind that whole scene and then him, um, him, Making the tumbler jump in front of that rocket launcher, yes, I thought was great. Um, yeah, I mean it's just a fantastic movie through. Yeah,
0: and I love the scene when the Joker still dressed as a nurse and he's exiting the hospital and he tries to blow it up. Yeah, and the you know the detonator won't work. So I read that that like
1: he, that was improvised. That was improvised. Yep. Yeah, like it was supposed to go off the first time it and it didn't. It,
0: and he 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 and Heath Ledger improvised and they, it was so good they left it in there. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a shame that Heath Ledger, you know, passed away. Uh obviously, you know, he won the Oscar for this after he died, and rightfully so, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, you know, not just because there's no doubt we saw him as a joker one more time at, at the conclusion of the tragedy, but what he could have done and other things, because he was he was just now on his death coming into his own as an actor. Mm-hmm. And this proved that he was capable of almost anything. Cause it was he was he was cast such against type against type because that. He kind of, you know, been in romance comedies, teen movies, and stuff up at this point, and was considered a pretty boy. And that was one of the reasons why people got so upset when they cast him as a Joker. But they obviously knew what they had in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that his hair was just all greasy and mangled and just a tin of green. Yeah, he was just so. I mean, and the, to me, this is probably like the grimiest of of any of the. Yeah. Of the ba- I mean, just him and he. Uh, you know. He was, a, he was a total loose cannon. Yeah. And outside of, you know, Nicholson's performance, you know, uh, I think he outdid Nicholson, I which was too. a tall task. I do too. And, you know, obviously Joaquin Phoenix would win an Oscar years later for *Training the Joker outside of a Batman film but a standalone Joker film. So we actually had two people win Oscars as a Joker. Yeah. <laughs> which who would have ever thought that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I love that they didn't have a million, can- you know – uh, villains in this, uh, you know. That's what I
1: feel like they introduced Two Face at the right time. Yeah. like I feel like yeah, the majority of the movie needs to be the Joker. If we want to have someone in, we can throw that. But like it felt like organic because it did tie into the like everything tied to the Joker. Yep, like him getting rid of like some of the crime bosses, so he can, you know, he can take over and then him pushing Two Face. Like and then him wanting to, like that that scene where he's trying to get you know the two people uh, the you know the the, the two ships scene to to blow the other ship up. And he, he's wanting to show that, you know, these, these people really are just not very good people. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't. Um, I mean, he, he I don't, I, I, I'm hesitant to say he steals the show because I still think that you had some great performances out of Christian Bale for sure. But he definitely was like a huge highlight of the movie.
0: Yeah, and Gary Oldman's great as Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Eckhart's really great as Harvey Dent slash yeah. Two-Face. Yeah. I think, I mean, everybody that was in this movie was good. Course, you know, they recast Rachel uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. and I mm-hmm. thought she did really good. Yeah. Because she's just, you know, she's a better actor than Katie Holmes.
1: Yeah. And, and you felt you felt her death. I felt like I did. Like, it was, yeah, it like you, was emotional. Yeah. You felt bad for Harvey Dent and so and you, Bruce. Yeah. And Bruce. And it, and it ties into why, you know, Harvey became this Two faced character. You were talking about Jim Gordon. I loved how him and Batman coordinated. Like they actually had to fake Jim and Gordon's death. Yes. Like I love that.
0: Because they'd kill everybody.
1: Yeah. Um, I like I like the interrogation scene where Batman's just
0: having... yeah I'm getting ready to bring he, that up. He
1: throws the chair or he uses the chair to brace the door so they can't get into it,
0: and the Joker's just having the time of his life yeah, in there and they're getting beat to death. He's beating to death, but yeah. he's not. I mean, that's you know not the right approach to get the Joker to talk at all. Yeah. At least this iteration of the Joker. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Joker, you know we've we've touched on that, but for my money, I you know and. W- we talked before we started recording this segment. I don't know if they'll ever top this, as far as a live action Batman film. I mean, mm-hmm. they, everything about it was just pitch perfect, uh, you know, pitch perfect. Yeah. Uh, not uh, from the music. Uh, we, we've mentioned the music from the three Nolan films, and for the life of me, man, I can't remember that guy's name that does the scores. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Han Zimmer, so we yeah. definitely want to give him credit. Absolutely. Uh, he's worked with Nolan a lot, in some of his other films too. And you said maybe you know if 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 Matt Reeves does get to follow up the Batman, maybe, but maybe not. It'll be hard. It's very very difficult. And, uh, you know, you know the vehicles in this, I love all of them. I love how, and it, it sometimes stuff runs together, but I'm pretty sure it's this, the bat the, the the motorcycle.
1: Yeah, it comes out of the tum- yeah the, the tumbler, whatever Yeah, yeah. by the Ross That's here. so cool. Yeah,
0: that's so cool, and. Uh, I mean, I've I will say I've probably watched this movie a good thirty times.
1: I would definitely say out of all the Batman movies, I've watched this one the most. There's no doubt. And it's probably not even close. No, no, no. And there's some other things I'm I mean, as we're talking, I'm just thinking out loud here. That that scene where he goes into the club, I think he's going after Moroni, I think is who he's going after. And, and Batman just it's kind of similar to like the iceberg lounge scene in in, in the, the Batman movie where he's just he's in this club and he's just You know, taking out everybody, and he gets up on the, the table. I think it is, and he's just looking at Maroni like. A lot of this movie, the attention goes to um, Heath Ledger, and rightfully so. But Christian Bale really did have like a huge part to play in this movie being so good. Like I thought this was we talked about before. This is like Batman at at his peak, right? And I think it we we got to see just how capable he is. We talked about him. Um, I forget that that character's name in the movie that he goes uh, to Asia to wow. It's allowed, I think it is. Yeah, now. yeah. I think I think that was just showed us what this guy can do. Um, and again, you just have these two forces on the opposite sides of things, both at the peak of their abilities, combating against each other, trying to win. It, it just plays out beautifully.
0: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, for a, any movie to work, but specifically a superhero, you have to believe that the villain may be able to actually win. Yeah, and for, I mean, and you you believe that. In this one the joker may finally get the best of batman even though in the back of your mind you know he won't that possibility was was very much there mm-hmm. and you know i've always said a hero is only good as a villain yeah and and like you said you know bell uh and Heath ledger both were at the top of their game on this one and i can i uh you know why so serious mm-hmm.
1: yeah that we haven't even mentioned that yet. that's like <laughs> the most famous line of the whole movie yeah i mean
0: they were selling shirts uh i think for like three years in a row this version of the joker was like the most sold halloween costume after this came out uh and for good reason uh and it, people still are this version
1: of the joker like whenever they dress up as the joker, it's this one it, it's this one yep
0: yeah it's the it's the white makeup just and he, it, you could tell he didn't even take time to apply his makeup. He just yeah. slops it on there. There's
1: almost someone I saw through one time that said it was almost like it was war paint. Yeah, that he was using. It's like he it, it, you, Batman puts on his mask to get into this mode where he's his. Character. And it did
0: show him without makeup for like just a few yeah, it's seconds. Yeah, that scene where uh, he was dressed thought, as a cop? Wasn't yeah,
1: he? yeah, it was in the parade. So yeah, yeah.
0: Which, which actually was able to show his scars. Yeah, and man. I just can't say enough about this movie.
1: No, I mean, there's it, it's hard to put into words just how great this movie is. If I was, if someone were to ask me, it's like, hey, I'm not a Batman fan, but I have to watch one Batman movie, what would it be? Even without watching Batman Begins, I would say watch this. Like, yeah, do, do, I mean, that's
0: how well it works. Yeah, like, just
1: read up maybe what, what happens in Batman Begins, but watch this one because I think from beginning to end, anybody would enjoy this movie.
0: Yes, so before we wrap up, uh, let me ask you who, you know, we talked about the video games and stuff, and you very much, you you know, the comics, you mentioned uh, uh, Hush. Yeah. And Corral, but yeah. I, I have to mention The Long Halloween oh, as well because yeah. it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see an iteration on that on the big screen down the road. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had a lot of people, when I agree with them, talking about the animated series.
1: Yeah, we had to give a shout out to Kevin connor Absolutely.
0: I mean, he was great, great. Uh, as Batman, and you know, we made we briefly mentioned Mark Hamill as the mm-hmm. Joker, but uh, when COVID hit, I bought that series on on Blu ray because they had like a for like 20 bucks and Fantastic. we watched it. It's so good, yeah. It's one that I was actually
1: looking, it's funny. I was actually this list popped up over there. I forget who, might have been IGN. They, they published, like, the top 20 animated shows of all time. Like, we're talking animated shows, not superhero Yeah, shows.
0: just cartoons.
1: Yeah, so you had The Simpsons on there, of course. You had uh, South Park. You know, it's been running a long time. You had all sorts of things. Batman, I them, and the series was on it. Yeah, you know, and it's it rightfully
0: so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, what are some, real quickly, what's a villain that necessarily hasn't been put on the screen yet, live action-wise, that you would like to see down the road? Well, I
1: don't know if this is really a villain but this one single villain but the court of the owls like I've said before it that that is my favorite Batman story of all time like we were talking about how if, if I could recommend one Batman movie to someone to watch, if I could recommend one comic run or one comic story to, to read it would be that one. The mystery behind it, I think it shows us how capable Batman is um, but again, they're not one single villain they they're a group. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I said, that's like a fair choice. But as far as this one single villain, um, like I, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, man, that, that's tough because we, we've had we, we've had Freeze, Joker. I would say Hush would probably be the the first one that comes to mind that we haven't had like a live action and I, a, a live a, a live action movie surrounding. And I think you could do a lot of interesting things with him. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. We've had Rachel Gould being there, but we really haven't had like a true movie, live action movie that centers around Rachel Gould or Razal Gould, depending on how you pronounce it. I know he was in Batman Begins, but he was he's pretty much at the beginning and the end, yeah. And you really didn't think he was going to come back, so maybe we could do something interesting with that. But uh, that would be those are some choices that I would say. What about you? I wouldn't mind seeing Hugo
0: Strange, yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be a good one. Speaking of the Arkham games, yeah, he had a huge role playing in Arkham yeah. City. I wouldn't mind seeing that, but they, they've pretty much had most of the big ones, and and most of them several different year, year, you know times. Uh, we've we've talked for about two and a half hours now. Yeah. We could talk <laughs> longer about Batman too, but I'll, let me say this about the Dark Knight. I think it's the best superhero film ever made. Yeah, I do too. DC, DC, Marvel, whatever you want to talk
1: about. It's really speaks to considering now we're in 2023 and we've had you know multiple phases of the MCU behind us. Yeah, and we still
0: would say this is. The I, best did, I It's film. a true masterpiece in every yeah. sense of the word. Like you said, it's a movie even if you're not a Batman or a comic book fan or a superhero fan, that you could you would in just a fan of movies. Yeah, you you would enjoy this one yeah uh out of the ones that dixie's watched this is her favorite yeah i've i've drove her to the theater on several of these so she did like this one yeah she she likes this one a lot yeah she did uh she liked batman begins she did not like any of the other ones though
1: yeah
0: i, t- I <laughs> took uh i took
1: samantha to see the justice league movie with the joss whedon cut and she, and she didn't like it at all so i think that's kind of ruined she's like y'all yeah, watch a marvel movie they're a little lighthearted you know but yeah. uh the DC movie, she she's not too keen on watching.
0: So you know uh, later this year you're going to, have to come back and we've got to rank the MCU, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. At least phase one yeah, two. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, we haven't even talked about Mask of the
0: Phantasm either, which is, you know, the anime. Yeah, grade. we debated putting this one on the yeah, list. And did. had we, it would have definitely not been at the bottom for no, me. No, it is another one that's great. It would yeah. been probably somewhere around four, five, or six
1: for yeah, me. I, I would agree. Yeah,
0: totally. uh, I wish I would have had a chance. You know, it didn't do too well at all theatrically. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't get to watch it in theater, but I wish I had it. But I used to own a DVD copy of it, but I've watched it several times at home. But that's about it for today, man. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me. We wanted I, to do this again. I think sometime. we broke a record for the length of my podcast episode <laughs> here. We're at two hours and 22 minutes right now before I've even edited it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. All right, man. Take And this has been that one show. And we appreciate you sticking with us as we talked about Batman today. That one show is brought to you by the Goblin Trading Company and is written, produced, and recorded by me, Brian Combs. Most of the time, right on my kitchen table. If you enjoy this show, please share it with someone who you think may enjoy it as well. And check me out on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. As always, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.